0: Welcome into the bunker. We are live on the Squadcast. Thanks for checking in tonight for episode 32. We have a big one coming up for you. A massive guest coming in tonight. Very excited for that one, Max. Uh, So stick around. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, But for now, welcome into the bunker. This is the uh, basement of the Rod Peterson Show Studios here at the IKS Media Bunker, if you will.
1: Uh, I'm producer Clark. Mad Max is over there. What's going on, Max? Everything and then some, man. I just saw Robbie Ray gave up a home run, unfortunately, after Vladdy came through in the clutch there, but uh, that's all right. Still a lot of ball game left. Marcelo Ozuna with a nice little home run off of our boy Robbie Ray, who has been fantastic as of late. We'll get to that in the Bluebird Blog. Yeah, we'll
0: talk about that in a minute. Uh, But, uh, as always, you are the squad. You are the finalists. and unfortunately we had a little bit of technical difficulties on our YouTube and Twitter streams tonight, so if you guys don't mind, maybe giving us an extra share, maybe drop a like blow up the comment section, and we'll have some fun here tonight on Facebook. Uh, more than anything, uh, but uh, we are brought to you by our good friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. There's Roxanne and Darnell hanging out over here. Uh, Max has got the sweater on today. Right. Uh, we got their logos on the TV. Everything's going on great. Uh, we got their mugs on the desk. All that fun stuff. Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. If you need help getting or making sure you have everything you need for your business to run smoothly and efficiently, Roxanne and Darnell will take care of you. They're are going all over this province of Saskatchewan uh, and just handling a lot of people's needs. uh, Supplies, office supplies, uh, anything to make flamingos. your business, flamingos, anything to make, <laughs> just going to, oh. just going to go right over that anything. Uh, flamingos, yeah. uh, anything any- that fits in the van. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, that's pretty much the case. <laughs> that should be the new slogan. Uh, Darnell, I think it's from, Roxanne, glo- we'll from gloves to glue. They can provide it for you. There's a lot
1: of things that fit in between that criteria. So a lot of things. Uh,
0: and it's not just things that start with the letter G it's, it's everything. <laughs> it's everything. Uh, so rockstar.com to see what they can help you with. Uh, and I think they have a great referral program. I'm not sure if they're still doing that. But if you if you're already a customer of theirs and you refer them to another mm-hmm. business, I think they book you up pretty good. They hook Fantastic you up pretty good.
1: people over there. I'm sure great. they'd honor it. But and, and uh, again, yeah.
0: they're hanging out right here with exactly. us tonight. Roxanne and Darnell, there they are. Uh, sounds like they're having backyard parties once all this stuff oh, blows over. Good stuff. And yeah. I've already booked our seats.
1: You booked our seats? Fantastic. Yeah. So I'm we're, ready we're for everyone let's a, do it.
0: We're going to a Rockstar backyard party. We're headed party. to
1: Stoon, eh?
0: Pretty excited. Road trip to Stoon. Pretty excited. Uh we got a lot to get to tonight, and we again, Again, I mentioned it. We have a big guest tonight, and we uh, we kind of dolled ourselves up. We got the Blue Jay stuff all over the studio. Blue Jays pitcher Ross Stripling, current pitcher, current pitcher. He's on the team. He's on the team. The Blue right Jays now. are playing right now. He's <laughs> joining us from on the field. No, uh, no. But Ross Stripling joins us uh, in a little bit in segment number two tonight, uh, and it's a we're gonna have a great chat with Ross. Uh, as always, ask me and Max anything throughout the night. Again, there's NHL playoffs. There's baseball topics. There's there's a little bit of football kind of hanging around. Logan
1: there's, Paul's fighting Floyd Logan. Mayweather in a month. We could talk about that if we want to. Uh, sure, no. sure. Isn't there hey, soccer teams doing rebranding? or something? I will say uh,
0: the the thing is ask us anything anything. So, anything you want uh sports related let's stay away from politics for everyone uh, we, everyone's we sake. got some people checking in here tonight brady witt big show today That's i agree one. brady yes, john sir. o'flynn's checking in from north vancouver as per usual well in any sign of alan lee or jordan Blodgett, uh yes they actually saved the show actually they did uh so congrats to those well congrats thank you to those guys as as per every evening uh Janelle Barkman, hi, my boys. And I believe that empty comment is some Facebook stars. Oh, Janelle man, She is comes through it. in the clutch. She's uh, just like
1: Vladdy, man. Just, let me just you check. can always yes. count on her. Night in, night out. 11 week streak
0: for Janelle. 350 Facebook stars. Thank you, Janelle, so Thank much you. for that. Uh, it does help us out a lot. And we will be doing something cool with our Facebook stars at some point. Absolutely. Uh, Chad Isaac saying Max and I, Max and I, Jesus, Clark. Come Sorry, on. Chad. Grammar,
1: TikTok, King, grammar. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a TikTok diva now.
1: Oh uh, Robin, we will get to your comment. Robin, Hashtag really, loser point lose. not get enough or not good enough LOL. Yes, Robin, we shall address that as I've got some things to say and uh yes. It was not. So now the NHL yeah. doesn't have to do anything with the rule. I'm fine. You're good with it. Yep, I'm good. Two so, and one. It can stay. <laughs> here's how the show
0: is going to break down tonight. I'm going to let Max do his show intro tonight, which I've heard is short. It's a quick. Uh, but we're going to do our top of the order, which is kind of the you know hot segment, hot topics around sports right now. Then we're going to go to our our big special featured interview, uh, and then when we come back, we're going to do our Blue Jay. Sorry, Bluebird Block, brought to you by RBI Baseball in Regina. Can't call it Block,
1: copyright stuff. Bluebird so Block. The Blue Bird and
0: we're going to talk a little hockey. So we're going to yeah. mix those two in segment <laughs> three tonight, and then we'll, we'll bid you adieu. But, Max, break down the show for me if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely. Everyone, it's episode 32, and my oh my, what a show we've got for you. Uh, starting pitcher, as Clark alluded to, from your Toronto Blue Jays, Ross Stripling. I can't be Buck and Pat. I just can't nail it in terms <laughs> of that. But either way, joins the show from Atlanta as we talk pitching, podcasts, and everything blue. I think that's all I got, Clark. Like, does the rest even really matter? That was quick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you weren't <Just> lying. <laughs> I thought you had a little bit more than just that. Just kidding, folks. We've got hockey talk, baseball, a little football and such. Here's hoping we perform like Vladdy tonight and come through in the clutch. Woo! And that legitimately is all I got. So. And
0: Vladdy hit a home run, so that's not even lying. That's right, he that's did right. actually come through. That's the stuff. Uh, Max, I'm going to let you start this one off for top of the order brought to you tonight by Hoop Life Basketball. uh, HoopLifeBasketball.com. We'll get to that in a sec. We got a little bit more from them in a sec. Uh, but the first topic of discussion today. Tonight is the Oakland Athletics are in the news and not for good reasons necessarily. Uh, there's their. I've been in that stadium twice, Max. Yes. Uh, and not, your review on it? Not, not nice. <laughs> not uh, we nice. talked to Greg Zahn about this as well. Greg Zahn. the we Curry
1: talk- Field, as it were, of Major League stadiums, hint the, hint, the to the con- Carolina Red Sox.
0: It's a concrete jungle. That's let's say that at least. Uh, it's where the Raiders used to play. Uh, and it's seen a few days. It's seen better days, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the, I guess the city of Oakland is delaying a new stadium project. I guess they want to build a new stadium in yep. Oakland. The city is delaying uh, and kind of pushing back on plans for that to happen. And what the league, the major league, the league itself, I believe, came out major and league said, baseball, yep. uh, well, I'll let you talk about it. But basically, this happens every single time a new stadium wants to be built by a league and a team. They are threatening to move. So, Max, can you kind of break it down for us here? What's going on in Oakland?
1: uh, Well, and that's the thing, right? We've all seen it. We've seen Moneyball, and, man, I tell you what, the cinematographers did a great job making uh, the Coliseum look somewhat uh, playable anyways when uh, Brad Pitt and Philip Seymour Hoffman starred in that spectacle. But either way, no, it's, uh, it's looking like for Oakland that the time has finally run out for them, as we alluded to. It's kind of the Curry Field, as it were, of the major leagues where there's just not a lot happening in terms of development. There's really not a lot that you can do with that stadium structurally, fundamentally, integrity-wise. It might even get to the point with city codes where it might not even be safe for folks anymore. So I'm not going to read the whole statement, but the Oakland A's released a statement uh, in conjunction with Major League Baseball basically saying that they are concerned with the rate of progress on any sort of new stadium project with the Oakland Athletics, uh, and they need to find a home somewhat soon to still be considered Major League-caliber standards across the league, right? Right. We see all these beautiful cathedral ballparks that are just absolute staples to the brand itself and the game and the identity that Major League Baseball wants to create and sustain and build from. And Oakland is just not cutting it anymore in the Coliseum, although it's seen some incredible days. uh, It is time for Oakland to find a new home, whether that be in Oakland or elsewhere. I'm thinking maybe Nashville. I don't know. Montreal. But uh, hey, Montreal. But you know what? It's uh, Obviously, it's creating a ton of speculation, and we'll see what develops with this situation. But I, I don't know. I, it's tough to see anybody but the Oakland A's. I know uh, I've got a bit of an affinity for it. It was my last stop in major A was with the Regina Athletics, and I just I love the green and gold. Oh, and it's, so good. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they at least retain the name and the color scheme, yeah. but being in a new home, it'll be well, interesting.
0: here's the thing, and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, and uh, and just by the way, shout out to Karsten. He's from TikTok. Mm. That's the guy who said he was going to tune in tonight. Fantastic. So hey,
1: thanks for following. Through Carsten, thanks for following we appreciate through.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, good to see you, Meow Carsten. Uh, now, Meow, we're gonna get to some more on this Oakland Athletic situation. Meow, what's going on is that uh, this happens every single time, right? Anytime a team or a league wants a new building in a city and the city says, eh, maybe not right now, the league's like, well, we'll move them, and and then the city's like, well, crap, like now we have to do something or else we're gonna lose the team. Now
1: we have to do something, and yeah. Exactly. You know,
0: the city, and especially in baseball, it always gets mentioned, especially in baseball. Montreal, and they always say the expos. They want their team back. You know, they're yeah. they're ready to go. They can bring a team back in Montreal, and you guys lose your team. So, uh, for years in hockey, it was Seattle. It was all these other cities. It was uh, Quebec City. Uh, all these other cities. Nashville was very close to being moved to Hamilton, right? They use Jim them, Ball Silly Yeah, Hamilton, was, right? Yeah. They use them as leverage, and it happens every single time. So, yep. I as soon as I saw this, I'm like, here we go again. It's just them using moving as leverage to get the deal done. And I can't imagine the Oakland athletics are gonna move out of Oakland. It'll happen. It's just, this is a tactic and it happens every time. So it's, just, it's interesting to watch the, the moving relocating is always fun to think about and fun to talk about because mm-hmm. you know there's, there is markets out there that want a team or, or could very well easily have a team, mm-hmm. but don't. So it's always fun to think about, but you always have to keep that in the back of your mind that this is always a negotiating tactic by teams and the league.
1: Yeah, and right now, and you, owners, and right now you got to think about it from the Oakland Athletics perspective. They do have this reputation for being a team that, unfortunately, is not exactly the wealthiest. What well. was the line from uh, Moneyball? There's, there's, there's the <laughs> there's, Yankees. They're up here, meow. Yeah, and there's thirty feet of crap. Uh yeah,
0: I think and it was the, a worse word than that. A uh, yes. well, worse word.
1: There's yeah. <laughs> that, that gives you a good idea. And then there's us. So yeah, uh, borrowing from Billy Beane. Well, is one my of those. favorite
0: part of that movie. Uh, is the the when they're making the trades and mm-hmm. they say you have to give us soda, you have to give us buy our soda for a year, and the guy's like, yeah, okay, and he's like, no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm serious, serious. I'm serious. I don't <laughs> want my guys paying for I soda now. Like it's uh, just <laughs> one of the best. Well, I'm gonna say it's hard for me to say because in terms of like baseball movies, mm-hmm. that's probably a topic for a show. We could do a show on that. Oh yeah, but uh, I wouldn't. Moneyball is more is it's a baseball movie. It is, but it's not a baseball movie. It's about behind the scenes and the management yeah. of baseball and the, It's almost more fun than the, the actual game. Room. Right. <laughs> and that's the stuff I like. So this the, that Moneyball always speaks to me in a different way than a lot of baseball Absolutely. movies. But I mean, it is, it's a baseball movie at heart. It has to be. But, it, you know, mo- like Bull Durham and all those... Uh, um, How can
1: you not be romantic about baseball? You
0: know, all those things are guys playing baseball, Sandlot, all those movies. Yeah. This is like the other stuff. So yeah, I like... It's like Draft Day, the football movie exactly. Draft Day. Yeah, well, It's like see, behind that's, the scenes. That's it's what not I like about.
1: Moneyball, though, is like it was an actual somewhat recanting of events, right? Those trades actually happened. Whereas, again, draft day, good comparison. But draft day was trumped up pretty rankly, if I do say so myself. But either way, good comparison.
0: You know what I wish with draft day? And and I didn't. So I, I knew Sorry about Sorry, guys, we're at a pop
1: culture uh, show now. We're yeah, going to we, relive baseball is, movies for the next 45 minutes. We didn't
0: minutes. even plan on talking. About yeah, this. Ross,
1: we're going to bump you to next week. Uh, yeah, Ross Stripling, can you hang out <laughs> for next week? Uh,
0: uh, but with draft day, I went into it knowing what it was, but I didn't know that it was completely fake. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, the baker, like I thought they were going to use names that I would recognize. So and then, what,
2: what
1: shattered the glass for you? The first time
0: they started mentioning Bo Callahan, I'm like, who's Bo Callahan?
1: You're looking it up on prospect. Yeah. Whatever I don't weekly. remember this. You got to call Craig Smith and say, who is this guy, Craig? Like, See, what?
0: I thought it was based on the year that uh, the Browns traded all their picks or got all the picks for the tri- the pick that got Julio Jones to the Falcons. Right. I thought it was based on that year. So I went into <laughs> it. I'm like, this is going to be fun. And I, and I was like, it was all made up and it was all exaggerated yeah. and drama- dramatized or whatever you call oh, yeah. it, and I was like, oh, okay. It's good. I don't like it as much as Moneyball because no. Moneyball is real. Moneyball yeah. is uh, Carlos Pena, Scott Hatterberg, yeah. uh, Bradford, uh, Chad Bradford. Chad Bradford. It's all the actual yeah. guys and it's, it's, uh, it's a dramatization of that, but Absolutely. it's real. Like, that's why I like the Moneyball so much is because I remember that yeah. And 100%. draft day is all fake.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh my significant other Amber, she uh, she will not watch Moneyball for professional reasons, but I, I keep telling her every day I say, Honey, we gotta sit down, we gotta watch this. It's a it's it's meow one of the most theatrical, I guess, best recantations of Events that actually occurred in the baseball world, so yeah. one of those things where I think we were caught by our uh, Uncle Robin, by the way, earlier. Yeah, the he said, "Please welcome back the
0: Montreal Athletics." <laughs> so I don't know. Can we blow the? Can we blow the cover on let's, what we're doing? Let's blow the. cover. So Karsten... Uh, shout out to Karsten Grohlf who was, he was on my TikTok live earlier yeah. and we were chatting and he was joking that we should uh, try to do the meow thing from super troopers. <laughs> and I was like, if you watch, we'll do it. And he did it. So he's here. So, so we had there to, we go. so we're the last like, like what, 10 minutes we've yeah. been saying meow instead of now. So hopefully, uh, People notice it's hard that to was, work in like naturally. It, it is, naturally, hard it to work is it okay,
1: in. you have to you force have to really little
0: think little. about it's it. It's tough. Uh, what's next on the docket? We got well, oh <laughs> Nate Nate Pearson <laughs> yeah. talking about our Jays. We'll get to this a lot more mm-hmm. later. And actually, we're going to check and see if Ross Stripling has any thoughts about this in just a few minutes. Nate Pearson got sent back down to AAA, uh, and a lot of people are kind of critical of the of the move. Yeah, and. I'm not critical of it. It sucks for me, mm-hmm. uh, but I get it. And, I, Max, I think you're kind of a bit on both sides as well. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah it sure. sucks. I get it. I wish they would have kept him up. Am I allowed mm-hmm. to think that way? Well, All yeah. three? Like yeah. I, I mean, Nate Pearson had a, had a bad outing. I don't think anyone is, is going to nope. sugarcoat that. It wasn't a great outing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a young guy. Uh, he needs to work through stuff like this. Uh, but they want to s- maybe see if they can maybe season
1: himself a little
0: bit more in AAA. He's had some injury issues. Max, what do you think?
1: Um, I think maybe we want to dive into it a little bit more in the Bluebird block. Because yeah. i got a lot of points that are tough to wrap up with a pretty little bow. At yeah. the end of the day... We'll, we'll get back it, yeah. to this later, I his, think. His situation coming back off of his IL stint was not envious by any stretch for a lot of pitchers. Coming in to face a lineup featuring Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman. Yeah, welcome back to the majors, kid. That's a tough spot to be in for a guy that's just coming off a long stint on the IL. And um, With that being said, like said, we'll, we'll break it down more... In segment three when we've got a little bit more time but yeah I'm definitely with you on the camp of I see why but at the same time I'm like uh he's 24 it's time to see if he's got if he's got with all the hypes around it's time to give him the true opportunity that he deserves
0: that is the hype that comes with a top prospect Mm -hmm. but you have to remember too in baseball a lot of times a lot of times pitchers don't actually break in until they're like 27. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot longer for pitchers to truly get in there. Yeah. We'll talk to Ross Stripling about that. I have, I have a feeling he I have has some thoughts. Yeah, for uh, sure. Our next topic is Nick Kiprios broke today on the Rod Peterson show earlier this morning uh, that Nikolai Ehlers may not be ready in time to start the playoffs for the Jets. And then after that, I mean, Nick didn't, Nick Kiprios didn't say this, and hopefully we can maybe get Kipper back on soon yeah, on that'd this be fantastic. show. Uh, but he didn't say this necessarily, but I'm wondering if he does come back. Maybe he's not at 100%. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a lingering thing there. And then that that hurts the Jets hard, I'm assuming. Uh, Max, if Ehlers isn't at 100%, does that... Does that screw the Jets, or can they handle it?
1: I think when you look at his contributions to the team this year, right, he's a guy that's got 40-plus points. You don't just replace a guy this time of year in that magnitude, right? I mean, again, going back to guys that maybe need to show and step up a little bit, I don't even know if he's on the docket, but Christian Veselainen, their first-round pick from a few years ago, he's a guy that maybe has to seize an opportunity here. And again, I'm not sure if he's next man up for the Jets. We can maybe get some yeah, opinions you from know, our Jets I've fans, kind of but... been
0: following that because I've always looked at, at Christian Veselainen as a guy. I'm like, why isn't he in the lineup yet?
1: Yeah, first and round And I think
0: pick. he's kind of uh, one of those guys who has every tool. He's got the size. Mm-hmm. He's got hands. But he's never been able to put it all together. Yep. Kind of like, um, I meg- remember Magnus uh, Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi from back in the day? Is yep, sure Magnus. Dude.
1: Magnus Puyarvi-Svenson, but I think he just dropped the Svensson and he was Magnus Puyarvi. It was Puyarvi, yes. Very strange pronunciation. Uh,
0: But remember him? He had all the size, and the Oilers were kind of hyping him up as Mm -hmm. this guy who was going to fit in their top six. Did that with a lot
1: of their first-round picks for a while. Well, you're not
0: wrong. Uh, But, you know, he kind of had everything going for him but never could put it together. And I think Veselainen might be kind of in that vein where, you know, he's got it all. Uh, He can't seem to get it all together at the same time. I don't think he's necessarily past the point of no return yet. He's still
1: very young. I think he's only 22. And the Jets have to be careful here. They just dealt away a pretty good asset in Jack Roslovich, who for whatever reason just couldn't put it together in Winnipeg. He goes home to Columbus, and he's now a very heavily relied upon forward in that lineup. Getting back to Ealers, though, I do think that obviously if he's out, they miss him no matter who they play, whether if it's Toronto or Montreal, you miss his speed, you miss his offensive capabilities on your first unit power play. He's a guy that you can count on. And what is Winnipeg's greatest strength is their top six forwards. Now, if they're missing some of that, Again, I'm not too sure if it bodes well for them. And, I mean, they. I don't even want to say they've gotten out of their funk. I think they won one game in their last eight. Like, it's still not a great scene in Winnipeg. So, they're going to have to have a really strong close to the regular season to really make me a believer in the Jets with or without Ehlers. So, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think uh, a quick mention, quick shout-out to our local boy as we transition into our final topic before our Vigor fan vote, which was a fun one today, Connor Bedard. The beautician. Ooh. Can we maybe make a push for that as his nickname, or is that just too kind of slangy? The beautician, uh, Bedard, the beautician. Okay. I don't know. Are I you- like CB ninety eight. I like hashtag CB ninety eight. But I mean, that's almost like too millennialistic, if that's a word. I don't know. We got to have something that kind of goes along with like what his game encompasses. Because you look at what he did
0: yeah. at the under eighteen, double Four- underager. Yeah. Okay, so Shane Wright is eligible for next year's entry draft, not this upcoming one, next year's. He's an underager. Mm-hmm. Connor Bedard is a year younger than that, a double underager. And is that a, the actual term? Yeah, I think a so. double underager? I think so. That's a neat one. I um, like that. And then, not not to be outdone, uh, Matvei Michkov. Michkov? Matvej- his name is Matve Mitchkov yes. He's the next
1: young Russian stud. That's he had, what I'm to call him.
0: <laughs> he went out, and he's like, hey, Connor Bedard's got a lot of hype. How about this? And he went out yeah. and scored 12 goals. Connor Bedard had seven. Yeah. Uh, and they're both 16-year-old players playing in this double underage. 15. Like, they double underage tournaments. Uh, yeah, but sorry. So, it's under 18, so I think it's 18. They're considered 18-year-old years, 17, and Okay, gotcha. Fair I enough. I think. Uh, Whatever it is. Either way, right, doesn't matter. Or we'll stick with that. 17, 16, 15, you're right. So... Uh, Bedard and Mitchkov are coming out there, and they're the two biggest stars of the tournament. They're not even eligible for the draft for two more years, so let the hype train roll. Because oh, yeah. we got two years of this, and everyone's already talk, t- talking them up as if they're the next Crosby Ovechkin, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, it's going to be exciting. There's already debates going on for two drafts from now as to who will be the first overall pick, and they're not, they're, not even, <laughs> they're not even the only two in this conversation. There's other guys, too, that yeah. are also in the conversation. So it's going to be fun. There's a lot of hype coming up in the next little while for those
1: two guys. Yeah, I'm when i say why i just kind of mean like everybody's kind of prognosticating who's gonna get the pick yeah why is that even a question
0: one thing can i just can i say one thing for anybody watching (laughs) from my tiktok channel specifically uh or our facebook or twitter we don't know who's gonna get those picks (laughs) stop asking because a we don't know who's gonna be bad in two years even this year we don't know who's going to win the lottery. There's a lottery involved. So we can say, "Hey, you know who's going to be bad," but the lottery <laughs> changes everything. The Philadelphia Flyers got won the lottery a couple years ago yep. or they were part of it, and they got like second overall pick to get Nolan Patrick. They were almost a playoff team that year. Yep. So anybody could get the first overall pick. We have no idea. So there's my little rant for the night. Uh, don't ask us who's going to get the first overall pick in two years because we have no idea. <laughs> we will happily talk about it in two years
1: when it becomes relevant. It's <laughs> literally impossible to predict. Yeah.
0: So we'll see whoever, about that. Hey, we can't say
1: this with certainty. At this age, whoever has a chance of drafting either of those two prodigies is going to be really happy. They're going to be happy.
0: Uh, Monkey King King says he's from TikTok. How's it going, Monkey King King? Great name. Uh, we're going to go to the Vigor fan vote now. Uh, and this one was an interesting one, and it's a little personal, Max. Uh, so <laughs> is Max. It? Max tells me that because of the uh, playoffs starting up, are you going clean-shaven as of next week? I will, if you do it. Okay, so you're putting this all on me. This is a
1: conditional trade right now. So
0: I've been rocking, like, this exact look for... It's not a great look.
1: Do you have the little micro-scissors every morning where it's each hair has to be a certain length?
0: No, not quite. I don't go that hard. Okay, Uh, just checking. you know, this is kind of the thing I go with for a while now. You had the big bush of a beard... Of a beard. I should have worded that differently. <laughs> you had the big bushy beard. Great guy. Huge bushy beard. <laughs> Great guy. Oh, this is going on. the rails. Show. Kid show. Uh, But Max had the big long beard for a while, and he just cut it off. And now he's acting all high and mighty that he's going to shave clean-shaven to start the playoffs and do a true hey, Clark, newsflash a true it, playoff It's not beard. an act. So he's <laughs> he, he wants to have a true playoff beard growth. Uh, As whatever. the pros do it. Sure. Uh, I argue that a lot of pros, not everybody, does the clean shave to start. A lot of pros give themselves a head start. I'm just doing that. I've seen guys start it off, like the guys who have trouble growing. They start off a like couple who, weeks Clark? in advance. And I use the the uh, example of Mitch Marner. Now, Mitch Marner simply cannot grow facial hair. Uh, so, I've already seen for a couple weeks now, he's got the little peach fuzz mustache going. He's growing out the side, the, uh, the, the what am I called? Mutton chops a little bit.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> That's the not infamous the word. Johnny Taves mutton chops. Yeah, the wow. mutton
0: chops. But he's growing out the sideburns, is the word I was looking for, a little bit. Yeah. And. He needs all the help he can get, and I'm just saying, if I go clean-shaven... Sounds like his team in the playoffs. Oh, God. If I go clean-shaven, it takes me a while to get back to this point. I've gotten to this point, I maintain it at this point, and this is where it is. It takes me a bit to get there, and I just kind of want to get a head start. I'm okay growing one out, and if I end up getting what Max had a minute ago, uh, (laughs) then great, but... uh, I, that's, that's where my head's at. So I, we want to hear what you guys are saying. Janelle Barkman's dying. Sorry, Janelle, we didn't want to kill you tonight. <laughs> uh, but are, what are, you, are, you a, are you a shave it clean if you're doing it at the start and let it go? And, and if you don't get a beard, that's the point? Or are you, a, if you want a head start to get a bigger beard by the end of it, go hard? And kay. what and you're saying, clean shave.
1: First thing. We got to get to Ross
0: Stripling here, guys. We do
1: have to. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up really quickly here. But here's the thing about Mitch. For that particular example, he's been working on that since he was what eight, which coincidentally is the last <laughs> time you guys won a playoff series. But again, that's Woo! neither here nor there. But you know what? I don't know. I'm of the traditionalist mindset that I understand what you're saying exactly. But come on, man, let's just do it. Content. Come on. This is what we're doing now. So, uh. Massim Gungarner it like let's let's <laughs> let's on. just let's just go for i it. mispronounce full, the guy's name let's one full time send this harder than anything we've sent before as per your exact words over text message actually that's a dangerous game to play we it won't is. get into
0: that yeah don't, don't i think we should get, get to into Ross calling how,
1: how do you how about you text messages yeah <laughs> we're gonna
0: take a break we need a breather uh when we come back we are heading to atlanta georgia and we're getting our special guest on the air we get from a the toronto georgia, blue jays down. we're excited so we'll see you in about two and a half minutes
2: does this look familiar your fans deserve an incredible arena experience it's time for an upgrade stunning graphics revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology let us help you find the best solution for your facility DDG always delivering the best fan experience
3: Here's how your business can be a part of Canada's fastest-growing sports talk show. All you have to do is contact us, and we will tell you all about the dynamic and exciting marketing opportunities we have utilizing a fully integrated 360-degree multi-platform. Imagine your business seen and heard across Canada on Game Plus TV and around the world on the Rod Peterson Digital Network. You will use one of the most overused expressions in sports. you got to be kidding me. Get your business involved. Contact The Rod Peterson Show today. Everyday Hoop Life.
4: Is it time to take your event online? bring it to IKS Live. We've got a fully customized virtual event platform with remote guest support for your next fundraiser, talk show, conference, performance, and more. IKS Live offers live streaming to Facebook Live and YouTube and pre-recorded capabilities, both in our studio with green screen available and on location with pre-production and post-production services. IKS Live, the proud producer of The Rod Peterson Show and The Recovery Hour. Visit us at IKS Live. Don't rack your brain
0: trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you find out more at rockstar.com a
1: lot
0: from break thanks for hanging out with us tonight on the Squadcast. what an opening segment max not bad there's not a bad. lot going on in the nhl and i feel like we're just scratching the surface so we're definitely going to be coming back to that Hitting later on the show and yeah it's be but interesting. uh before we get into more hockey we got to hit the uh hit the diamonds and uh, we're heading down to Atlanta now. And uh, our VIP guest tonight joins us from Atlanta, Georgia, where his Toronto Blue Jays are currently on a road swing against the Braves. Joining us tonight, please welcome Blue Jays pitcher and host of Goats on the Bump and Big Swing, the, the Big Swing, I should say, podcast, Ross
5: Stripling. Ross, again, how's your, how's your day off treating you in Atlanta, Georgia today? What's up, guys? You know what? It's, uh, it's pretty mellow. They're, you know, with the protocols and stuff, there's still not a whole lot we can do. Some guys get together and play cards, you know, but most guys just kind of pass the time how they can. I went out, walked around, you know, where uh, I don't even necessarily know where we are in Atlanta, <laughs> so maybe Buckhead and uh walked across the street, got some food. There's like a Nordstrom over there. You can kill some time, but uh yeah, for the most part, man, just, just, Pass the day, enjoy the rest, and get ready to get back after tomorrow.
0: Perfect. And first of all, obviously, thank you for joining us tonight. It's an honor for both Max and I to chat with you tonight. Uh, So thank you for that. Uh, Let's kick it off with a look at the team so far this season. Uh, The Jays are 17 and 16 so far through 33 games, uh, four games back of the Sox. So, you know, the the AL East is always a competitive one. Uh, And, you know, what's, what's the gate? What's the vibe around the team been like this year? Uh, you know, from start to finish, there's been some ups and downs, some exciting games, some big battles, some, some extra inning games. So what, what's the vibe around the team right now?
5: The vibe is, is probably much like every team around baseball right now, which is man, we have 162 games ahead of us and <laughs> we played 60 last year. Like this is going to be a grind. It's going to be a marathon and, and we're going to have to ride the roller coaster, ride the wave a little bit. But and we battled some big injuries so far, and really haven't even played to full strength, right? I mean, George was back for a minute, and then we lost him again. Hunjim was gone for a bit. I, I've, I've been hurt. Kirby Yates is going to miss the whole year. Uh, you know, just kind of the list goes on and on. I think we've got 23 guys going the DL, um, which is kind of like a, a you know M O B wide epidemic in a way, where just guys are going down left and right. So we realize we're going to have to battle that, and we got a big road ahead of us, but. To answer your question, man, the team is excited and, and ready to win ballgames and show up to the stadium every day expecting to win, which is really cool. I had that in L.A. for five years. And you come here thinking, like, oh, this is going to be a young team. They're just kind of getting going, getting their feet wet. It's like, no, these guys want to win and expect to win and play the game the right way and play hard. And that might show its head every now and then if you're talking about defense and and uh, some of the stuff on the mound. Maybe we'll walk some guys and, and and or challenge guys and counts where we shouldn't. That's That's part of being a young team. But we're learning and, and we're gelling and we're coming together. And I think we're going to, you know, be in the hunt all year.
0: I saw a stat the other day that the Jays uh, lead the major leagues in home runs, which is always fun to watch. Uh, and, sure. you know, luckily, as Jays fans, we kind of get spoiled a little bit because it seems like most years the Jays are at the top of the league in home runs. But as a pitcher, uh, what's that like knowing that, you know, your offense could explode at any minute?
5: It's a good feeling. It yeah. really is. You know, if, if you go out there and, and, you know, God forbid you give up a two or three spot in the first inning, like that game's not over. Like our, our lineup could come right back and, and put up a four spot. And now you're pitching the next inning with the lead. You know, it, it, our lineup is a gauntlet as much as anyone around the big leagues. I mean, we have have, um, gosh, like a first six. That's incredible. And then really the back end is, is just fine. I mean, we're, we're a really solid lineup one through nine and as a pitcher that's a really good feeling because you just feel like you're going to be in every game that you start and even if you get behind there's a really good chance that that team's going to come back and get you in it so uh, I always had a really good lineup in L.A., and you felt spoiled, and you get here and, and have arguably just as good of a lineup as a team that won over 100 games, I think, every year I was there. So it's it's I've been very lucky in my Major League career, to say the least.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the the bottom three aren't that bad either. You saw the other night against the Astros, Rowdy Tellez comes back from a, tr- a stint in the A League, and he comes out and hits a moonshot off Zach Granke. So, you know, anybody on any given night can pretty much pick it up. But, Ross, just to yourself, uh, you got four starts under your belt this year. Uh, you know, you've done some relieving in your career, but you've, you've mainly been a starter, but how do you feel this year? How do you feel like you're settling into the, into the season so far?
5: Man, it's been frustrating, personally. Just physically, I feel so good. I feel like my stuff is really good and just not really getting the results that I want. And it could be for a variety of factors. You know, I watched this last outing against the Astros, who are always hard in Houston. I mean, that's a a really tough lineup, especially in their home ballpark. And I throw Correa, uh, you know, a a pretty good bullet up and in, off the plate, top of the zone, two balls in off the plate, and he pulls it for a two-run homer off the foul pole. And then they just grind you. You know, Bregman doesn't swing out of the zone. Altuve is really good. Uh, Gurriel is, is, you know, I think may have the highest batting average in the big leagues right now. And then Alvarez can hit a homer at any moment. I mean, that's just a tough lineup. So hard to really take much away from that one when it's such a big challenge. But the one before that was Atlanta, where I felt like I threw the ball really well at at home in Florida, which is always weird to say at home in Florida. (laughs) Um, You know, and now I face these guys again. On Thursday, and that's going to be a good test. That's the chess match of, of baseball, right? Is I'm facing these guys when I'm still fresh on their mind. Do I go at them the way I did last time, or do I change it up and, and throw a new wrinkle in there? But you know, physically feel like I'm in a really good place, and my stuff is good, so I'd like to think that results will follow. You know, the quote unquote trust the process thing, where you know you feel like if you're in a good spot, that the results should. Be behind them. And, uh, right now still confident that will happen, but obviously always tweak and always getting better. Always knowing that I can fine tune things and, and give us a better chance to win than what I'm doing right now and going deeper into games, which I definitely need to do.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to it, Ross. And as you alluded to, right, I mean the, the home away from home in Florida and being with the blue Jays, you're in the unique uh, position where it's the only team in the majors with multiple homes, uh, during the regular season, <laughs> but obviously still being relatively new to the team and everything going on in the world in this last year, since you were acquired, are you getting, I guess, a little bit excited to potentially go in front of the Rogers Center faithful and pitch in Toronto for the first time?
5: Of course, man. I mean, it's, it's all we talk about, you know, when, when can we get there? Is it realistic to get there this year? Do we think it can happen? You know, it seems like one week we'll say there's no chance. And the next week, it's like, man, it could be as early as July. So like, we, we really don't know. We're not getting very much information. It's purely speculative. You know, we hear Uh, news about vaccines and stuff getting rolled out in Canada and that gives us hope, you know. And um, so, yeah, man, it it seems like it's possible by maybe the summer, end of the summer and into August and September, we could be playing games in the Rogers Center, which is all we want, right? And, And I understand that it's all they want too. I mean, I imagine that first game in the Rogers Center is going to be crazy, man. It, you know, hopefully we can pack it, and uh, I mean, that place is going to be rowdy. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: You know, some of my some of my best memories of the of the Jays were that playoff run from five or six years ago, and a lot of Canadian baseball fans. I think very fondly of those times and obviously myself and Max are nowhere near Toronto, so we can't make it to games, but uh, we still think back to how loud it was in that stadium. So you're a lucky man, Ross. Uh, hopefully we can get there like you said. Absolutely. Um, but you know, the pitching staff was one of the off season storylines for the Jays. Uh, you know, there was a lot of guys you mentioned Kirby Yates earlier, Tyler Chatwood, Steven Matz. I kind of count yourself because you came in a little late last year. but. I was wondering if you could tell us about pitching coach Pete Walker and just how influential he is in that bullpen because, you know, around these parts, he's kind of a, a pitcher whisperer, if you will. He brings back a lot of guys from bounce back years, so to speak. So can you tell us about Pete Walker and what he means to
5: that bullpen? He's the best. I mean, he really is. And and I come from Los Angeles, where I had Rick Honeycutt, who'd been around forever and had been like kind of Kershaw's guy for his whole career. And and always getting to watch their relationship was really really cool. And getting to work with him, he was so knowledgeable. Then into Mark Pryor, who obviously was a, a you know kind of a prodigy in his own right. And then injuries kind of delayed his. Or derailed his career, I guess, and and um, you know really good coach in the making over there too. And then I get over here to Pete, who is kind of the perfect balance of those two guys. Mark Pryor, very much new era, right? I mean, it's it, even though he pitched in the old school, he's a new era coach. Analytics, um, you know, those kind of things really matter in, in new school. It's about lim- limiting slug, keep the ball in the yard, miss barrels, and don't walk guys. And uh, Rick Honeycutt was more kind of the delivery and in your mechanics and Pete is a perfect balance of both of those things and I love how approachable he is I love how he will never throw too much at you it's very much hey let's tackle this one thing let's get that under our belt and and really get to where we command whatever that one thing is and then we'll move on to the next and right now as a guy that feels like I'm really close to being really good and I'm just not uh, I'm relying on him big time, you know, every bullpen. I'm like, what are you seeing, man? Like, what are you seeing? I feel like I'm throwing really good pitches, but I'm not getting the results. And he'll, you know, kind of point at one thing, like, Hey, finish your leg cake, get your leg kick all the way to the top. It's going to give you more time over the rubber. And then I'll do that. And all of a sudden my next five fastballs will feel perfect. will feel very crisp. And, and it's just something as small as that, that, uh, you know, he just seems like he can really pick up on. And then also, relay it in a, in a way that doesn't feel like he's coming down on you. doesn't feel like he's telling you, you suck, which is the worst thing <laughs> that he can do. Right. And, and feels like he's, he's building you up even when you're struggling. And uh, he's just got such a perfect personality for coaching. And um, I mean, you just can't find a better guy, a better coach, man. We love him through the whole pitch and stuff within the bullpen starter. You want to find time out of your day to pick Pete Walker's brain. Cause you're going to get better.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Ross. And I know the fan base really adores him as much as uh, as hopefully his uh, his pitchers do. That's for sure. But kind of switching gears from from the coaching staff to some of your new teammates, can you just speak to I guess the the vibe of being around such a youthful, energetic ball club? I, I can imagine it's not too hard to find energy to go to the ballpark when you got guys like Bo and Vladdy and Cavan among others leading the charge. But uh, yeah, can you just speak to that vibe of being around this young, energetic team?
5: For sure, it's it's a ton of fun, man. It, it really is. I mean. And we need it, right? Like When you think about how long this year might be, for one, just the sheer amount of games, but two, starting in Florida, moving our families to Buffalo, hopefully moving our families to Toronto, and and all that's going to go into, you know, no other team has to battle that. So for us to have the kind of like youthful energy that we have and the guys that are excited to be in the big leagues and still kind of getting their feet wet and getting used to being here and the workload and, and what it takes to be an everyday big league player, um, and then do it with your smile on your face like all those guys do. I mean, it's, it's, it's just really cool to watch them grow and uh, to be a small part of it. Obviously, they've come up together and at, you know basically played at all levels together. So they're so close. And, and that's really cool to have teammates that want to hang out away from the field and want to – sit by each other on the plane and, and play cards and, 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 you know, just kick back and enjoy each other's company versus kind of getting away because we're around each other all the time. Right. And, and, uh, that's not the way this is. These guys want to be around each other. They want to hang out. They want to, they want to BS, you know? So it's, uh, it's really, really cool to be a part of. And, and, uh, it, you know, hopefully there's they're starting to accept me, which I feel like they are, um, I want to be, I want to be a part of the group, you know, but, um, they, they they're just so close and, and such good friends. It's really, it's really fun.
0: Ross, are you the guy with the, within the meme with the skateboard? Like, hello,
5: young fellow kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A, a little, little bit. bit. Somehow, somehow that happened quickly. I'm now 31 and, uh, <laughs> you come over here, you know, from LA where I would follow Clayton Kershaw around like a little puppy dog. So now I come over here and I'm like kind of one of the older guys and people pick my brain and want my. Uh, advice on things. It's it's been a quick transition, but it's been a lot of fun.
0: Ross, we're we're pretty much the same age, you and me, so I totally understand where you're coming from on that. <laughs> Max is a little bit younger, so like he makes fun of me quite a bit. But uh, yeah, we, it's we not get so much it. the
1: brain picking; it's the making fun of. Me. Right. Either yeah, way, <laughs> make fun of me, your elders.
0: Uh, but yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the grind of uh, 162 games uh, and how you know a fun you know clubhouse can be you know, a deal breaker, a, cha- a game changer, so to speak. Uh, where are you at, Ross, in the make baseball fun again argument? Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, some of your old teammates, some of your old buddies who you've done podcasts with, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, there's been some outspoken players. There's been some more flashy players coming up in this new era of kind of baseball. Uh, where are you at in the, in the argument where, you know, there should be more of, of that kind of outspoken personality stuff going on in
5: baseball? Yeah, I'm very much a uh, pro, you know, think that it's, it's great for the game. Uh, you know, obviously uh, let's say a hitter hits a home run and I mean, home runs are hard to hit, man. If you want to throw your bat and go to the dugout and pound your chest, I think that's awesome. That's good for the game. We're going to see that all over social media, guys like Tatis and Soto and, and Acuna that have brought a lot of energy to the game. That's awesome. But uh, you know, where I draw the line is if you direct it at the pitcher, right? If, if you start pounding your chest at me, then I don't know, that's kind of crossing a little bit of the line. And I realize that'll probably go even more viral mm-hmm. and maybe that makes me soft, but I think that, you know, that's unnecessary, but man, if you want to celebrate with your team and and do all that kind of stuff, I think it's awesome. And, and you brought up my podcast. We just had John boy on uh, the big swing podcast who, if you haven't seen his stuff, he like breaks down these like little two, three minute videos of highlights from baseball and does it in a really funny way. And like narrates over the highlight and breaks them down and just him. Um, what he does is great for the game because it's funny and it brings like light to some serious issues in a game that you know there's quite a bit of time between events and and in, in a time where there's more strikeouts than ever and and uh, you know time between home runs and all that kind of stuff that our game's battling right now. We need that energy. So um, I'm, I'm all for it, ma'am. How about you guys? I mean, I'll turn it, yeah. turn it around on y'all. What do y'all think? <laughs> no,
0: we, we've had this debate a couple of times, and I think we're all we're kind of on the same page as you. I think, you know, there needs to be a bit of a rejuvenation in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the energy around the game in terms of the fan base, and I think that goes a long way to it. Like, we had this, when the, the Tatis stuff happened last year with the Grand Slam when they mm-hmm. were up, what was it, like 9-3 or whatever, and he hit yeah. a Grand Slam. Yeah. We, we, we talked about that quite a bit, and a lot of our fans were kind of torn because it's like, the guy's a hitter. He's there to hit, and you, how are you mad at him for hitting? A, anyways, we're, we're, I'm yeah. getting a little heated already now thinking about it. But like, yeah. you know, there was people who were saying that that was, you know, classless or whatever it was, and. I just can't see how you can fault a guy for hitting a grand slam. Well,
1: and I think also, too, you take it back to 2015, just in Toronto, kind of at least the discussion seemed to really ramp up with Jose, Jose when he hit the big home run in the playoffs, right? I mean, that's kind of where the, the bat flips seem to kind of have a rejuvenation and, and uh, I guess, a renaissance, if you will. And Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing how the conversation has started around it again, but as you alluded to, Ross, conversation around the game and conversation around those events is not a bad thing for the game, and that's where uh, I kind of stand on it as, hey, you know what? Let's inject some energy, let's inject some life. And like I said, I go back to 2015 as that moment where it just added so much to an already just franchise turning event, right? It was just incredible. Well,
0: and then the Rugnetto door punch at second base. And (laughs) there's a lot of of history there. How
1: does that guy look (laughs) across the field without a beard now, Ross? I got to imagine that's weird after having such an identity for so long with that beard
5: unrecognizable, man. Like, I, I wish I wouldn't have already seen it on social media beforehand because uh, I, I was expecting it. I wish I would have like seen him. I literally would have been like, who is that guy? Like I have no <laughs> idea who that is. I mean, it's it, night and day different.
0: He's yeah. some rookie call up from double A or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about the younger players and like the new generation. One of the guys who, while well, Blue Jays fans have been talking about for a while now is Nate Pearson. He just had a start the other night didn't go his way. I wouldn't think, but, um, I was wondering just from your experience, Ross, how long did it take you to really truly feel comfortable on the mound at the major league level? Like, I'm sure it's different for every guy, but what did it, what did it take for you? And, and what kind of is the, the vibe around the league in terms of, you know, is there a number where, you know, pitching coaches say, well, just wait until you have at least this many starts under your belt or what, what's that
5: kind of process? You know what? Um, good question. I wouldn't say that I've ever heard of a number like that. You know, a lot of people will say that actually you'll have success early because nobody knows you, nobody's seen you, and then the league will kind of figure out, figured you out, and then you have to, you know, kind of learn on the fly, and then you really settle into who you are. And obviously, that's not how it works for everyone. That is how it kind of worked for me. I came out and and did pretty well. My first couple starts were solid, and then after that, I really battled, and uh, and then kind of found my way after that. And you know, with someone like Nate, man, he should have all the confidence in the world. And he does, he's got a really good head on his shoulders and I'm not saying that he doesn't, but you know, when you can rear back and throw a hundred miles an hour, you should feel like you belong right off the bat. And you should feel like, uh, you know, if I'm oh, I can throw a ball a hundred miles an hour in the strike zone and, and, and expect to have success. Even though I know these are the best hitters in the world and they can time up a bullet, you should have that kind of confidence. And, um, you know, it's just hard, man. It's hard to roll out of bed and say that I belong here when you haven't been at this level and had success. You know, how, how do you know that? And that comes down to like a confidence thing. Like Walker Buehler knew that from the time he was a 20, 21-year-old kid that he was going to get out to the big league at an extreme rate, and he was just that good. But so, a lot of guys don't have that kind of confidence, and you learn on the fly and you get confidence from having success. And uh, for some, that's harder to come by than others. So hopefully Nate starts rolling off some good starts right in a row, and then he gets that confidence that he deserves and myself included, like I'm off to a start that I'm not necessarily proud of and not happy with. I want to roll off a couple starts that are good. And then that confidence comes back. And when you start pitching with confidence, and conviction, you're going to do better. And I've been in the big leagues now six years and I still battle with that. That's, that's part of the grind of pitching in the big leagues and being a big league player, man, it it just beats you down. It's a humbling game, but uh, understanding that the pitcher has the advantage at all times. I mean, hitting is really freaking hard. So the pitcher, it's supposed to win the battle. So the confidence should be in your hand. And uh, sometimes that's just easier said than done.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, that's the nice thing about the game, right? Is you get that that chance every five days to go back out and do it again. And we look forward to seeing your next start 100%. But getting back, I guess, on a lighter note, back to the fun of the game, Ross. Is, and this was always a picture that stuck out to me being a social media aficionado a few years ago. It was Players Weekend. And all of a sudden, it was Chicken Strip adorned in 68 Dodger <laughs> blue. Uh, we got to get the backstory of where the nickname came from. Obviously, a play of words on, on your last name. But is that like the go-to meal on the road for you? Where did Chicken Strip come <laughs> from? come from for you
5: yeah you know what uh so that was the first year where uh mlb still wanted to keep it really rated g like not even pg right and certainly not pg 13 so and, and you know fast forward later we got guys like dick hill you know rich rich <laughs> wait, what, rich hill did dick mountain you know like in 2016 there's no way that was gonna fly so my first one was i tried to do stripper because most people call me stripper or strip or whatever and uh, they said no we can't do it so i went back with just strip no, sorry, we can't do it. And it's like, I mean, I want to do something. Like I want to, I'm sorry. It's my name guys. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to have something funny and, 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 uh, be included in players weekend. So no one really calls me chicken strip, but it certainly had come up every now and then in high school football and into the minor leagues and stuff, you know, everyone, every now and then mixins a chicken strip and I did it and man, it stuck like crazy i mean more people would yell at more fans would yell at me chicken strip than they would my real name you know and it it just caught on and i love it it's funny Uh, i think that's still the tweet that i've pinned on my twitter you know saying like i got to start a big league game with chicken strip across my back i think it's so funny um you know but never in a million years that i think that would catch on like it did
0: has it turned in any sponsorship opportunities (laughs) for you yet and if not why not
5: (laughs) it was close yeah, it was close. You know what? I was holding out for Chick Fil A. Uh, I think I had a small one from Jack in the Box in the works, and I like Jack in the Box just fine. But really, really loved me some Chick Fil A, and uh, just it never panned out. Ah,
0: it happens. But speaking of food, let's stick with that <laughs> as we're as we having some fun. You've been in the majors now six six years. You said uh, you've been on your fair share of road trips. What's the best road city across the major leagues? Just I guess you could say L A. too, if you want, or Toronto, which I know, I'm sure you've been there. But um, what's the best road city in terms of food offerings when you hit when you hit the road? Mm.
5: man great question uh first two that come to mind in new york and chicago uh new york obviously i mean just got you're everything smack dab in the middle of manhattan yeah you just have everything under the sun that you could possibly want uh, there's a couple places in chicago that i really love and i bet most people would put la on there i mean obviously i lived there for five seasons so i got to kind of try a little bit of everything but you know if you stay downtown there's some cool spots if you stay in hollywood west hollywood there's some cool spots and then obviously in the other parts of los angeles so um you know kind of like Those are probably the three obvious ones, right? Just because you can literally get anything you could ever want.
1: For sure. So I got to stick on that for just a second. New York, Chicago. Oh. Chicago deep dish. You're going pizza. Or thin New York pizza. What's the go-to, Ross? This could could
5: sway some fans really for for you, Ross. Really? Yeah. No, I'm a a thin. thin, And the crispier, the better. Obviously, that's not really New York style. But I think of like real thin, crispy. That's my dad's favorite. So it's what he always had for us. So it's like kind of what I grew up eating. Uh, deep dish. I mean, I got to eat it with like a fork and a knife. You know, that's it's just it's not for me. It Just becomes lasagna at that point. I don't really know. If, I don't know if you know this, Ross,
0: but <laughs> so we live in Regina, Saskatchewan. We're smack dab in the middle of Canada, and we have our own style of pizza here in the city, and uh, it's kind of famous. But it's kind of a mix between like deep dish and. I don't even know what to call it, really, but it's it's pretty thick. It's, they call it Regina-style because yeah. nobody
1: really knows what it is. No one really knows what it is.
0: <laughs> I think it's, uh, what I heard is Greek. Greek, the Greeks in Regina okay. made it. The Greek people here in Regina back in the day made it. So, I don't know. Maybe it's Greek pizza and we don't know about it. We're Fair just enough. claiming it. I'm not sure. Uh, but, Max, you had a yeah, question? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, we'll get off of food and we'll get to behind the mic here for you, Ross. Obviously, you're the host of a couple of really awesome podcasts, The Big Swing and now Goats on the Bump. Uh, so, I'm curious, what drove you to the content game when you're obviously still smoking? dab in the middle of playing the game that you love for a career. I can imagine being a dad, being a major league pitcher and being a podcast host. I can imagine 24 hours. Uh, don't seem like enough time in the day for you. Most days.
5: Yeah, I'm a busy man. There's definitely times where I feel like I've uh, bitten off more than I can chew. Uh, you know, the podcast was really uh, my buddy from back home. Uh, so on the big swing, my co-host is named Cooper Searles. He's my buddy from in Houston. And uh, our wives are best friends. And he always wanted to start a podcast, and I was kind of hesitant. And at that time, I had all the time in the world. I didn't have a son and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and um, obviously had baseball, but had an off-season full of time to to kill. And, you know, just felt like I had a network of, obviously, kind of all-stars all in the Dodgers locker room alone at that time and then uh, I could branch it out into other other teammates and guys that I work out in the offseason just feel like you know we could kind of give fans different sound bites than what they get after a game you know which is oh I took it one play at a time and god willing I'm gonna have success moving forward you know just kind of like those Joe Blow answers you get Mm -hmm. every day in the media and instead be able to sit down and have like an open candid conversation with a major league baseball player and 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 I feel like that's what we've done. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And then the goats on the bump one is really cool because it's history mixed with pitching. It's me and a big league pitcher, current big league pitcher, talking about basically a Hall of Famer from the past. The first episode was me and Clayton Kershaw talking about Sandy Koufax. And they are identical pitchers through their first 12 seasons. I mean, it's the craziest thing. And Clayton is so good when he sits down and opens up. And and Sandy is, is kind of like an unknown. There's a lot of people, especially kind of our age and younger, that don't know much about Sandy because he. Kind of disappeared from the game and, and went and lived his life, and he was so dang good. And um, it's just been cool to bring some of those stories to light and bring awareness to how amazing some pitchers were from eras that we've basically forgotten about, and kind of bring it to a time where I'm talking to another major league pitcher playing currently. I mean, it's just it's there's nothing else like it out there right now. So we thought it was a cool idea and we ran with it.
0: So with that in mind, your podcast, you know, thinking back to some historic pitchers or maybe some of your favorite pitchers growing up, if you could steal a pitch from any guy, uh, I'm talking like a guy's iconic pitch. And my example is Mariano Rivera's cutter. Like if you could steal a guy's pitch and put it into your arsenal right now, who would it be and, and what pitch is it? Man. Yeah, think I feel for a like bit. I've this might be a tough Everything one.
5: under the sun. Yeah. I feel like I've been asked everything and somehow this has never come up. That is a <laughs> yes. really, really good you question. Know, you know that's a trophy. that's a trophy case response. That's that's, that's, that's what we're yeah. going for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well done. As a guy that For my podcast, thanks up questions. Uh, Now you're going to have to include Um,
0: that in your podcast,
5: though. Now you can steal (laughs) it. No, I won't steal it from you. No, you can't. I'll take royalties. With with your permission, I'll do it. Yeah, okay.
0: That's fair. (laughs) Just to get Um, that
5: Chick fil A sponsorship.
0: Right. Yeah. If you get that chicken sponsorship, I'll I'll snag
5: a a free coupon or something. (laughs) I mean, there's some that are, you know, just like so obvious in your face, which would be like a Nolan Ryan fastball, a Randy Johnson fastball, like guys that were just unicorns and just better than the era that they pitched in. You know, as a guy that throws off speed, like I only throw like thirty something percent fastballs. I really live and die with my off speed. So I would want like Pedro's changeup. I think Ooh, I didn't even think know? of that. I,
1: no, I, yeah, that's a good one.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, that I, I, the changeup is still probably the biggest equalizer in baseball from a yeah. pitching standpoint. I mean, if you can throw something that spins like a four seam but is ten miles an hour slower, there's almost no way to combat that as a hitter. And Pedro arguably had the greatest changeup ever. So um, you know. If that's the first one that comes to mind. I think I'd take that and run with it and probably feel pretty good.
0: You know, we we were kind of, you know, brainstorming a little bit and we thought of like Barry Zito's curveball. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy, Roy Halladay sinker, sinker,
1: sinker yeah. uh, was another yeah. well, as
0: Blue Jays fans we got to see that a lot so well that's, <laughs> that's why I can't up. believe
1: we forgot Pedro how many times do we watch Carlos Delgado strike out on that changeup oh my <laughs> yeah, goodness enough
0: yeah. enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah anyways Max I think you had another couple hey
1: yeah I got a couple absolutely got, we got a few more <laughs> I, I want to go back to your Dodgers days too as well Ross obviously you've got a ton of storied teammates that have accomplished some amazing things in their careers and still have yet to accomplish but coming from one of the most storied franchises in all of baseball uh and being a student of the game that you are and the proud historian that you obviously are with the content on your podcast what was it like pulling on that dodger blue every day and just i guess the magnitude what did it feel like was the jersey heavier just because of the history the history of it? it's a
5: thicker material exactly how did it feel <laughs> like? well a little bit right because you realize the history that came before you i mean you're talking about guys like jackie robinson you know, and, and what he means to our game. And to think that I'm wearing a Jersey that still looks the exact same as what he wore. Right. I mean, different, different material, certainly. I mean, those things probably weighed like 40 pounds. Uh, so thankful for that. But I mean, Jackie Robinson put on a Jersey that was white or gray and it said Dodgers across the front. They have not changed their Jersey since they moved to LA and it was basically the same in Brooklyn too. So, um, and Sandy Koufax and then into Don Drysdale and Oral Hershiser, and then, uh, you know, an organization that really prided themselves on making baseball global, not only breaking the color barrier with Jackie Robinson, but Hideo Nomo and how Fernando Valenzuela was such a big deal for the city. And, and I think we're rookie of the year and, and just so good at, at a young age and, and just the guys that still come around in spring training. I mean, Sandy comes around in spring training, Maury Wills, obviously Tommy Lasorda. Um, uh, I mean, Eric Karos, Oral Hershizer, like the name goes on, names go on and on. And uh, just to pick those guys' brains and and uh, learn from them and the history that you know is a part of that organization, really special. It really is, uh, and there's really only a couple like that. What Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Cardinals, Dodgers probably are the are the ones that have history like that. So, and the Dodgers do a really good job of teaching you about it when you're in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, getting you an education on what came before you. And and um, man, it's just something that probably took for granted when I was there because you're trying to grind through a season and. and and get your career going. And now that I'm um, away from it, you realize how lucky I really was. And, and the Blue Jays are awesome. I and, mean, dude, you have a whole country rooting <laughs> on the Blue Jays. I mean, it's that's really special, too. Just the history in LA though is something else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, while we're still on the topic of jerseys anyways, we've got to ask you as we have the, the new powder blue ones that you guys uh, adorn anyways, every four or five days or so. I know they're my favorite. I want to know what you guys in the clubhouse think of them. I mean, hopefully it's the same opinion, but I'm just curious as whenever you get a new set of unis, especially ones as nice as they did with these, just curious your opinion on how happy you are with them.
5: Well, they're hit or miss with some guys. I'll tell you that, Um, you know, it, it, I think some guys wish that we could wear the powder top with white pants, oh. you know? So sometimes you feel like you just look like a little bit too powder blue, like <laughs> a little bit too blueberry ish, maybe, um, you know, so there's some teams like the rays that will rock like a powder blue with a, with a white or gray pant. And that looks pretty clean, but really, you know, most of us love them I mean, Hunjin almost pitches in it exclusively i feel like (laughs) since he come back from the from the dl he hasn't but i'm sure he'll start mixing it in again and he looks great in it and uh you know you kind of ride the wave if if we're playing good in them we'll keep rocking them and if if we struggle we might you know move away from for a little bit and and bring them back but in general for sure most guys like them it just uh you know jerseys falling the superstition part of baseball and and all that 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 comes with it so uh it'll 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 ebb and flow with how we play in those right, powder blues
0: we'll, we'll start the petition powder blues with white pants okay. I, I, will I was going
1: to say no and then when <laughs> you point out tampa i was just going to say that is a set that looks real sharp But oh. how does that work ross i guess is is it a predetermined set in the schedule of what unis you guys are wearing that day i know that obviously with the variance of the four colors that you guys have it kind of gives you options even home or away so how does that work in terms of the scheduling of the unis or again does Hyunjin get it because he's the ace of the staff and he just he picks makes the it. call (laughs)
5: so it's literally as simple as it's what the starting pitcher wants which is kind of an old school thing um you know the dodgers they only had white and they only had gray so that was never a thing when i was over there so now i come here and it's it's whatever the starting pitcher wants so when you're at home you can pick whatever you want no matter what that's going to be the jersey now on the road i think the other day hunjin maybe did want to pitch in the powder blues but the let's see who were we playing we were playing who (laughs) These these road trips all run uh, (laughs) Run right in a row. I guess he he was in, were we in Oakland? Did he pitch in Oakland? I guess Oakland maybe was wearing their solid, Mm -hmm. was wearing their solid color. So um, we also couldn't wear the solid or something. Like there's some like little rule where the home team obviously gets to take precedent Mm -hmm. over what they want to wear. So then Hunjin had to pivot and wear a different uniform but really it just comes down to whatever the starting pitcher wants to wear that day. Well,
0: we learned something new today, Max. Every day, good stuff. Uh, one thing I know Max is going to is going to die when I ask this question because <laughs> he's been wondering this and I don't know if he if was too scared to ask, but <laughs> when when you go into a new season, obviously uh, we're all gearheads here. Do they like do they just fill your locker with new shirts and hoodies and hats and uh whatever shorts, what's that day? Like, is it like a table where you get to select or do you put it in an order form
1: or like, how does that work? It's real expensive for the fans. That's for sure.
5: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's Christmas morning. It's exactly what it is. I mean, you, you, you will roll in, you'll walk into a room and you'll like pick out which where's my locker. Usually sometimes it's in the same, but this is my first time in Dunedin. So I had no idea where my locker is. I go, I find it and everything's right there. One hoodie of every color, one jacket of every color, your pants, Long sleeve, t- long sleeve T-shirt, short sleeve T-shirt in each color, and then all those extra shirts that we get: sliders, shorts, socks, all that. It's just there, waiting oh. for you. It's the size that you rocked last year. So if you gained or lost a little weight, you might have to size up <laughs> or down. But uh, typically, everything fits like a glove, and um, it's just there, waiting for you, man. It's great. Max oh. is
1: tearing up right man, now. Man, that, uh, that, that's that's my <laughs> Christmas morning times ten, Ross. I was going to say, Vladdy probably yeah. had to put in a new order this year. For he might have size
0: down. Uh, yeah. He looks he really, really yeah. good.
1: He looks great, um, yeah.
0: So I was, I was doing some digging on you, Ross, and I look back at your college days at Texas A&M. Uh, you, and, uh, you had a pretty good one-two punch there, you and Michael Waka back in the day, and now he's in your division. Uh, well, I guess you guys have kind of found each other in the same division. Uh, and I was wondering if you guys are going to line up against each other maybe in the near future. Do you have any friendly wagers that you might work on or uh, any friendly bets between the <laughs> two of you guys?
5: You know what's funny is I have the all-time... Like uh, hanger on him I, I don't even know what I what I'd call it, but I got my first big league hit off of them. Oh. So like, there's almost you know, there's almost nothing that he can come at me with that wow. I can't be like, dude, I got my first hit off you. Ultimate <laughs> you know? bragging rights, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ultimate yeah, bragging, ultimate rights. bragging rights. That's that's why I'd put it, yeah. And uh, you know what's funny? He said one two punch. The third punch of that team was a guy named John Stilson, who was drafted by the Blue Jays. Who anybody listen to this? That's a diehard Blue Jay, um, man. He was like big league ready out of college, and just didn't never quite made it, probably for a variety of reasons, including injuries. But um, you know, we we really had a one, two, three punch at our time in Texas A and M. That was a lot of fun. And uh, but yeah, pitching against Waka. Um, You know, obviously I have that hit that I can hang over him, but you know, it's always fun getting to pitch off each other, especially when we can, you know, try and lay down a bun or get a hit though in the national league.
0: (laughs) That's perfect. That's a, that's a great breaking Right. And now that you're in the AL, you can't, you can't, he can't do anything about it. So
1: (laughs) that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So
0: walk me through your path to Texas A&M. Cause I was reading you were, you were born in Pennsylvania, but everything I see Mm -hmm. about you sounds like you were in Texas for a lot. So
5: how did that all kind of line up? Yeah, I'm the only stripling born out of Texas. My dad just took a job up in the Northeast, and I happened to be born there. I guess I lived there for, like, months before we returned to Texas, so it's always funny to see Pennsylvania on there. Right. Um, And I'm a third-generation Aggie, so my grandfather went to A&M. My dad went to A&M. His brother went to A&M. My brother was already at A&M by the time I graduated college, so it was kind of, you know, it was written in stone. I was going to Texas A&M. But I didn't have a baseball offer. I had only one Division One baseball offer from a school called Dallas Baptist, which is a great baseball program. But I, just, I wanted to be a Texas A&M Aggie. So uh, long story short, I, I basically walk on at a and i A&M. Uh, I'm, I'm a preferred walk on. We treated the fall as my tryout, and I did terrible. I mean, I had like a 9 ERA. I was just getting lit up. And I remember going home for Christmas break my freshman year thinking like, man, I, I just didn't make it. I didn't do well enough. There's no way they're going to keep me around but I could always spin a curveball. I could always front spin a ball and throw a nice 12, six breaker in there. And Rob Childress, the coach at A&M loved a good breaker. <laughs> and, um, he, he, you know, and he saw something in me where he kept me around when really he pro- probably shouldn't have. I mean, I was not good. I was in over my head. Um, but he kept me around and, and saw the potential there. And I just got better every year, got bigger and stronger. And, uh, you know, by the time I was a senior, I'd started for the weekend, my junior and senior year got drafted in the fifth round. And, and, uh, Found my way up to the big leagues with the dog. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy story, really. It, it is because my baseball career was almost done, and then uh, you know, walk on at Texas and the school that I dreamed to play at, and it just worked out. I mean, it was awesome. Well, coming from a guy, I went to a junior college, so I kind
0: of get it. There's a lot of late bloomers in baseball, and and the good scouts are the ones who are able to find those guys. So consider yourself one of them. Absolutely. I think that's a pretty good, that's an awesome story. Absolutely. Max, you had another one. Yeah. In I got
1: one final one for you, Ross. I'm going to steal a sign here. I'm going to go off of goats here a little bit and kind of borrow from your closing topic. <laughs> I want to know of your published episodes right now. So I believe it's John Smoltz, Bob Feller, Bob Gibson, and Sandy Koufax. I want to know your opinion on whose game and I guess pitching style would translate best today.
5: Oh man. Good question. Um, I mean, Oh my gosh, man! You're asking me to pick from four uh, first <laughs> name as many as you names. want. <laughs> oh, we did Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I, I guess the obvious answer is probably Smoltz because he actually basically pitched in modern baseball. So I'm going to actually throw him away and take one of the three older's, which is uh, Gibson, Feller, and Koufax, the guys that you know basically pitched in a different game than what we have today. And I think it's Bob Gibson, and and the reason why is one. I think he was a unicorn. I think he was just head and shoulders better than the air that he pitched in. I think he was probably the most athletic guy on the field every time he took the field. Two, he's known for his on-the-mound persona, right? Which was like, Don't mess with me. Like if you had a homer, don't pimp it, don't make eye contact with me. If you do, I'm gonna throw it at your head. And he just intimidated hitters and and, and used that to his advantage. And three, he threw a billion miles an hour, right? I mean, he was—he was, you know, which translates to today's game, and had a wipeout slider. So I'm not—I'm not necessarily saying he would be an elite starter over five thousand innings in today's game, but if you throw hundred miles an hour with an elite breaker, you're going to be a really good bullpen piece, at least, and uh, and probably a pretty good starter just because of the, you know, the personality and, and mantra he had around him when he's on the mound. And he was a big game pitcher, man. Go look at his stats in the World Series. I mean, he's two World Series MVPs. Uh, I think his career ERA in the World Series is like a one uh, One game. He struck out 17 guys. I mean, he he pitched his best in big games. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I think that would translate to any era.
1: Well, I, I guess one more for you there, Ross, just because I'm thinking of it. And I, I kind of want to go back to the unis real quick. And, again, appreciate your time tonight. Like, this has been fantastic. As, as diehard Blue Jays fans, we can't appreciate your time enough. But go into, I guess, maybe your new favorite Twitter account follow. Uh, Robbie Ray's pants. I, I got a question about his jersey. Uh, is, yeah. Again, is it when you're filling out the order form? Is it kind of like you can order like the big and tall section for him? Is it like a medium jersey with medium <laughs> sleeves? Like, how's that work? I know he looks good. I know he takes care of himself, but uh, it's it's fairly noticeable on the Rogers Center or I guess Rogers TV cameras. It's awesome.
5: <laughs> this is the big leagues, man. You can get whatever you want. Love you it. can you they the so majestic is now what Nike. So Nike is now our uniforms. They'll come in one by one and they'll tailor it to exactly what you want. You can get it to the height, to the tightness, every little area. Like you can get the crotch pulled up. If you want, you can get the, the, uh, you know, on the sleeves, nice and tight. Like Robbie does. Uh, You can get it to really hug that booty. Like Robbie does, (laughs) you know, you can get whatever you want. That's, that's what he wanted. And, uh, and that's what makes him feel good when he's on the mound and, and why he probably hasn't walked a guy in three starts, I you know. And, and, uh, he, and, and so I'm, I'm, I don't go quite that tight. I've kind of tightened it up a little bit every year. Um, but I don't think I'll ever get quite to where Robbie's so at. So you
1: weren't going to the same Taylor that Walker was either, uh, Mr. Bueller in, in L.A.? No. Eh? No. <laughs> no. No.
5: Look good, those, feel good, Those man. are right up there with Robbie, yeah. yeah that's
1: uh, that's the perfect answer. Thank you. Look good, feel good. That's uh,
0: <laughs> I'd, I'd be the loosey-goosey kind. Of, I'd, I'd probably go to the same tailor Vladdy Guerrero's going to and just kind of say, I'll mm-hmm. take what he's got. Uh, I was always one of the, the baggy or pant type of guys back in the day. So
1: Especially the way he's bashing, man. I'll wear whatever he's wearing.
0: <sighs> Not bad. Yeah, Ross, sure. uh, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, have a great road trip, uh, and uh, we hope to see you uh, get back on the mound again in a couple of days. And uh, we'll hope all the best of luck the rest of the way, and uh, maybe we'll chat again down the road. Yeah, for sure, guys. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thank, Thank you, right. Ross. Thank you. And that, of course, was uh, Ross Stripling, our featured guest tonight, brought to you by IKS Media. Uh, as always, IKS Media, your premier destination for event planning, live broadcasts and entertainment video screens, and so much more. Visit IKSmedia.ca today for more information and find out how they can make your event the hottest ticket in town. When we come back, we got more NHL on our minds and a whole lot more. Maybe some more Blue Jays talk, Max.
1: I just got to interrupt. That was awesome. That was pretty sad. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much to Ross, man. That was wicked
0: cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll take a break, uh, decompress, and Max is going to run around like a chicken with his head cut <laughs> I'm gonna off. I'm going to go
1: screaming. spend about $1,000 on merch now, and that's, hey, I guess I, I'm not a big leaguer, so i got to do it that way. <laughs>
2: we'll be right back. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning Graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience.
3: Here's how your business can be a part of Canada's fastest growing sports talk show. All you have to do is contact us and we will tell you all about the dynamic and exciting marketing opportunities we have utilizing a fully integrated 360 degree multi-platform. Imagine your business seen and heard across Canada on Game Plus TV and around the world on the Rod Peterson Digital Network. You will use one of the most overused expressions in sports. You gotta be kidding me. Get your business involved. Contact the Rod Peterson show today. Everyday hoop life.
4: Is it time to take your event online? Bring it to IKS Live. We've got a fully customized virtual event platform with remote guest support for your next fundraiser, talk show, conference, performance, and more. IKS Live offers live streaming to Facebook Live and YouTube and pre-recorded capabilities, both in our studio with green screen available and on location with pre-production and post-production services. IKS Live, the proud producer of The Rod Peterson Show and The recovery. Visit us at ikslive.ca. Don't rack your
0: brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Smoky in air, a
1: lot of
0: On the air, and man, that interview with Ross Stripling, I feel like it couldn't have gone any better.
1: Felt like it could have gone a lot longer. Wow. Well, hey, got to respect the guy's time. But yeah. oh, man, that was just absolutely incredible. Uh,
0: so, one of the things that we came up with, Ross, and we're point- I'm pointing at the jersey right now, Max, you got- we got the hats all over the place, is that oh, I had fans? no idea awesome. that starting pitchers got to pick which jersey the team wore for a game. I had no idea. That blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, it made a lot of sense because we talked about it in the break, Max, in this commercial mm-hmm. break, just, just now is when we talked about this. Uh, remember Roy Halladay always pitched in black. Yeah. And That's we were right. like, now that makes a ton of sense. Because Roy Halladay, when he would start, he said, I want to wear the black jerseys. I always remember Roy Halladay in yeah. black. And now that makes a ton of sense. And he said Hyun Jin Ryu loves wearing the blues
1: because
0: uh, he just looks good in them, and yeah. he does. Uh, and he said, uh, who else did he mention there uh, that likes to pick? Robbie Ray likes the Robbie
1: Ray likes uh, the white. Well, they're or they're in the powders tonight. Like they're in the they're, powders, they're in the powders tonight on the road. So Robbie, oh sorry, no, they're they're in the deep blues. Sorry, Jeez, What game am i watching. But uh, <laughs> it's just awesome to
0: see. Like my dad, Rod's checking in. He says Ross is my new favorite Blue Jay. Like how that interview was great. Like was just shout fantastic. out to Ross. And again, I said it at the end, and I said I'm going to hold him to it. But he said, yeah. uh, "Bring him back anytime, fellas." I said, Ross, I'm holding you to that.
1: (laughs) Head and check out his work, you guys. I I can vouch for it myself, man. Goats on the bump is a great, great podcast. If you're a baseball historian, uh, an aficionado, man, you really got to check this thing out. There's some seriously great content that he's putting out. And uh, the Big Swing podcast. That's that's another one that I still have yet to check out. Check
0: that one out. I got I got to catch up
1: on Goats on the Bump.
0: Chad Isaac says the Jays only have one blown save this season. That has to be the best in the league. Well, didn't they have the best reliever ERA in the in the, Major That's the league? thing?
1: Their entire staff has pitched to a really, really yeah. good ERA overall. They're, they're doing a consistent. Oh yeah. Uh they're only one game above five hundred. What's the score going on? Is it over? Uh nope. Ozzie Albez is up. Uh we're struggling. I got Aussie Al- Ozzie Alves stats, five home runs. Geez, he's having a good start to the year. Not he's too good. Bad. Plur. Good plur good player um
0: i did my uh mike babcock impersonation on tiktok live the other night and people were like holy gra-. so it's like you know he's a good man and you know he's a good player and when you got a bunch of good men and a bunch of good players it's when you got a good team and you got to win some cups you know
1: uh clipping that yeah sit now no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> that
0: five three Js. A bunch of good five players three. good men uh <laughs> five yeah. three Js. five three Js. we're good Bottom. uh we're rolling So let's get into the Bluebird block now. We kind of had, obviously, we just had a great conversation with Ross Stripling. So, I mean, that kind of covered a lot of it. But there is some stuff we wanted to kind of dive into. Nate Pearson. uh, Ross kind of talked about it. You know, there's... There's really no like, set way that people come into the league. Everyone's a little bit different. But Nate Pearson's a guy who has a lot of confidence. He's got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He just needs to kind of figure a few things out, and I think he'll work that out in Triple I know everyone is so excited to get him into the major leagues and see him in a Blue Jays uniform, but we also have to remember that not every pitcher comes in when they're 21 and just becomes an all-star right away. No. He's 24 years old now. Uh, he's had some injury is- issues recently, uh, so he's got to get back on his own time. we got to give him time to do that, and I think the the benefit of this, and this is the way I looked at it, Max, when I heard about this, and maybe I'll get your reaction to this, but to me, this is what we were talking about earlier in the year. Nate Pearson should not be a guy that we're relying on to be our number three pitcher yeah. uh, or number two for that matter, Robbie Race doing a good job at, as our number two right now. But I think this just drives home the fact that the Jays still need to go out and add a pitcher. Yeah. What do you think, Max?
1: I think for sure, like, at the end of the day, when you look at the Jays, it's still early in the season, right? As Ross alluded to, like it's a 162-game season. There's still a long ways to go. Um, but at the end of the day, when it comes to the Blue Jays, yeah, this is where we were talking about earlier in the year, where with the way that this staff is constructed, you're going to rely on a couple of guys like Robbie Ray and Stephen Matz overperforming to help insulate some of the younger guys in this lineup, right? And we've seen some of the growing pains with Beau Bichette, with Vladdy, um, with Kevin Biggio, obviously. Now it's time to be maybe a little more kind to Nate Pearson, who, again, 24 years old, he's still got time to figure it out. I'm of the opinion, though, that when I really, if I'm going to take a stance on this, and again, I, I maybe I have to preface it. This is where I, it's tough to because I understand analytically where the organization is, where Ross Atkins, where Charlie Montoyo. If if they don't feel like he can go out and win ball games, well, the fan base and the team they're trying to win ball games. If he doesn't give you the best chance to win right now, then okay, you, you put him back in the minors. Roy Halladay had to go back to the minors too after he had an incredible start to his career. Although that's not necessarily the greatest parallel because we haven't seen the best from Pearson yet. We've seen. Flashes. We've seen the ability. We've seen, as you alluded to, the hundred mile an hour heater. Um, when it comes to the Jays having to go out and add, maybe it's a little early to say they have to. If yeah. Robbie Ray keeps going six strong, ten Ks, one walk a game as his line was tonight. Ten Ks tonight. He had ten Ks tonight. He has one walk over his last four starts. Clark, remember when they got him from Arizona last year, and it was man, Robbie Ray walks everybody. Geez, yeah, and guy he might on, he a gave guy, up a lot of home. Guy runs might too. as well have a crosswalk in between him and the uh, yeah. the the home plate because he just all he does is walk guys and. Now now he's just got that under control.
0: He had a couple of good meetings with Pete Walker, I think, and and again another great answer by Ross on on the yeah. importance of Pete Walker and how he's such a good balance. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned it, and this is such a good answer because he's had a couple of really good pitching coaches in LA. Mark Pryor was an absolute prodigy, as he mentioned, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know if a lot of our our viewers remember, but Mark Pryor, one of his first starts, I think he had, like, 21 strikeouts in a game. One of his had, first yeah. starts in the majors mm-hmm. as, a, like, a 22-year-old, and then everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to be a perennial Cy Young winner for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. and he had a couple unbelievable years for the Cubs, Yeah. but fizzled hard because of mm-hmm. pressure and all the other things. The Cubs had a couple issues with that. Think of Kerry Wood back in the day.
1: Yeah, Kerry Wood. Wow.
0: Uh, the two of them together on the same pitching staff, that was wild for a good year year or two, but mm-hmm. both guys had issues. Uh, and now I'm thinking of of Nate Pearson in that light, mm-hmm. where we all want him to be Mark Pryor in his first couple of years, yeah. but look what happened when Mark Pryor got too much pushed on him too soon. Exactly. It ruined him. That's why I think Nate Pearson should be the closer. <laughs> and
1: you all... I don't know. That's a discussion for another day. I but know. I, think-
0: I, I should have asked Ross about, about that, and I was thinking about it afterwards, yeah. but it is what it is. You kind of nailed uh, it. One once. thing just oh, yeah, before, I want to mention this. Robin Wildey, Uh make Pujols oh, a Jays. Please. <laughs> what a fit would it be? I think, just to veer off really hard on, with a hard left here, I, Albert Pujols and the Jays would be a dream come true for me. Uh, I've, he's one of my favorite players of all time in baseball specifically. Uh, and the fact that he could be a DH, which I know he was in, in L.A., and his numbers weren't amazing uh, but if he came in you know he has a good relationship with Vladdy Jr. you know he's got a good relationship with all of the you know Latin American players like Teoscar Oscar and Lourdes Gurriel I'm sure
1: he bumped elbows with uh, Kevin's dad Craig back BGO, in the day probably
0: too. Yep. Bichette, probably. probably so i mean there's there just feels like it'd be such a fun fit to add that type of guy to this lineup as good as it already is. Even if he's just like the six hole bopper and you just say, Albert, go, go swing for the fences every time. Right. It'd just be fun. I don't know if it's the right move. I think it'd be a fun. Oh, that's move.
1: the thing. Who are you taking off the 40 man in the first, first base slot because I'm looking at Rowdy Tellez and I think it's a little too early to give up on Rowdy Tellez. Yeah. They've already sent him down once could, which it, eliminated it, an option. If so.
0: they could bring in Pujols, keep Rowdy and lose someone inconsequential <laughs> great. But it's that, it's that's the thing with turn baseball. into Kyle
1: Dubas and you know just, well, you, just make it work. Just,
0: just you don't, you do don't have to bring up how good of a general manager Kyle <laughs> oh, Dubas yeah, is. You're, you're if welcome. you want to go down that road we can. Uh, but that's can maybe we? for our next segment. Not to win a playoff round so we'll see. So another one Pete Walker is doing his magic with uh, Robbie Ray Dylan Fournier says absolutely Chad Isaac the Braves announcers are saying the Jays are one of the most exciting teams to watch and wishes the US televised them more probably true uh, but it is what it is what are you going to do well, guess um, what?
1: They're the only Canadian team in a league of 30 American teams, so they do get their play in, in other markets, right? Yeah. Like We we see what it's like when they go down to Seattle, right? That's always a fun series and it, uh, I don't know, like I said, it's interesting we, and we appreciate them up here, right? It's nice to have a, a country of 30 million strong supporting one franchise. It's something incredibly Ross mentioned that too. And, yeah. Playing
0: for a whole country. Exactly. Um, so. what, are, what are some of the other things that we, we want to get into with
1: Ross? I, I kind of know- want to talk about Robbie Ray a little bit more. Sure, yeah. Like, I really want to give this guy has shined because this was one of those guys that you just didn't necessarily know what you were going to get when you acquired him, right? And I mean, the price tag wasn't super high, but it's because Arizona saw exactly what the problems where they were plaguing him last year was the command. It was the control. In his last four starts, Clark, he has gone, I want to say, 29 innings, so an average of five plus. He's got 30 plus strikeouts, and he's walked one guy. Like, he's seemingly fixed, and when you watch him pitch, like I said, I made the joke about the medium sleeves, but man, if you're pitching that well, do whatever the hell you want, and when it comes to Robbie Ray and what he is contributing to this team, it's again, it's that guy that you needed in the rotation that was going to overachieve a little bit, and and again, can you really call it overachieving with how dominant he's been? I don't necessarily know, but it's awesome watching him pitch every five days. I'm becoming a huge fan of him, and uh, it seems like he's becoming a leader in that clubhouse very quickly. And hey, maybe we talk contract extension with Robbie Ray to be a number two or three guy. Yeah, because what's he getting, getting now, like $8 million
0: dollars or something for one, like year, a one year? It was like a
1: one-year $8 million deal, which, which is, is more than kind of like
0: the, the deal you give guys who have done it before mm-hmm. and maybe are having, trying to have a bounce back here. That's like their deal. But if you were to re-sign him, is it like J.A. A. Hap deal where it's like three years? What was it, ten million dollars or $13 thirty to thirty-three? Million yeah, it
1: was ten or eleven a somewhere year or in something. there. There's a nice round number.
0: twelve, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's the case. Uh, but I think we're gonna have to see. Like you said, there's still uh, a bit of a time frame that the Jays kind of have to prove themselves. Uh, I, and again, I I keep going back every time this comes up. But Arash Madani gave us the timeline of the. Major League Baseball draft in June. Mm -hmm. If they are super competitive and maybe within like three, four, five games of of first place or in first place, who knows? Uh, But if they're in that conversation at the draft, which I think is June 25th, Somewhere late there. June. It's mid to late June. I could Google it. Maybe producer Alan can Google that one. Hey, sure. Alan, if you want to <laughs> no, Google that, uh, again, MLB going, entry draft. Going
1: back to the Moneyball conversation, right, it's when uh, Billy looks at his assistant GM and uh, oh gosh, Jonah Hill. Yeah. I forget his actual name in the movie, but either way he looks and he says, okay, so if this is working, what's going to happen? I project if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we'll be seven games out of first. Yeah, That's not exactly what you want to hear come the trade <laughs> deadline, but no, I'm with you 100%. It's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, over this next 35, 40 games. That's really going to be kind of that middle meaty part of the season that defines where this team's going to go in terms of transactions. So. Robin
0: Wildey's just confirming that my number of $8 million for Robbie Rowe is right. Nailed it. Not just a pretty face, Robin. I'm uh, not, not that either. So,
1: <laughs> uh, How uh, pretty uh, is it going to be me. clean shaven?
0: worse. Uh, Dylan Fournier <laughs> saying 31 total baseball teams or 30? I think it's 30. It's 30. Yeah, it's 30. Uh, which is fine. It happens. This is a two-hour show. Well, it's an hour and a half, but we pretty much usually stretch it out farther than that. Jordan <laughs> doesn't want us to tonight, but uh, maybe we won't. Um, anything else you want to touch on with the Jays? How, the Bats are doing pretty good. Nah, They're I'm leading like... the league in home runs right now, which, yeah. you know, I, we mentioned it with Ross. Uh, as Jays fans, we're, we're almost kind of used to them leading the league mm-hmm. in home runs. It seems like every year... And for many years, they relied on the home run. And if they didn't hit home runs, they were kind of out to lunch. Yep. This year, it doesn't seem like
1: they're relying on it, but they're just so powerful. They're still manufacturing runs. And, and again, you look at a guy like Bo Bichette, right? We talked about his extra base. I want to say, wasn't it a record he tied with Joe yeah. DiMaggio? The most extra base extra hits base in his hits first 90-some games or 100 games. 87 or something weird. It was, it was weird. some weird number. Baseball's yeah. got a lot of weird numbers. But either way, it's a team that can manufacture, runs the old-fashioned way, but still put the bat on the ball. And even if it doesn't leave the yard, man, they're placing it all over the field, right? We look at Vladdy's home run tonight, a little oppo taco act, Action and yeah, it's just uh it's fun to watch. That's for sure. Placada, ah, I love that. Placada, yeah, love that. Yes, sir.
0: Um, so yeah, that, that pretty much does it for the Blue Jay, Blue, Blue Bird block. Uh, Are you the, sure the we could go B. another
1: hour, Jordan? How much time you got? Just
0: kidding. Mm -hmm. We still have some (laughs) hockey topics I want to talk about. That's right. But are you looking for ways to improve your skills on the baseball diamond? Are your kids in need of some training, skill building, or private coaching? Check out RBI training and uh, baseball and softball training today in Regina. It's southern Saskatchewan. I'll say Saskatchewan's premier baseball training facility. It's located just east of Regina. If you want to check them out, they have a uh, Facebook page, Instagram, which is very active, and their website as well, RBI Regina, where we – hold on, I blew it. At RBI, they rise above the rest. i was like hold on uh <laughs> that is the read uh let's get into some hockey topics um we had a couple of good ones on what well, we were on tiktok a minute ago uh and before the show let's say specifically uh but um there's some good topics going around right now most of the matchups are are kind of formulated at this point mm-hmm. for the nhl playoffs i don't know if you want to pull those up for me max but Certainly i know can. that in the east specifically uh, it's Washington and Boston are the, is the two three matchup, and the Penguins are playing the Islanders in the one four. And again, the East Division are just going to beat each other up. Like those are four really, really, Very really good teams. hockey teams. Uh, regardless of their win loss record, those teams are built to beat up teams, and that's what's going to happen. So I was. Somebody said uh, in one of our lives recently, uh, well, how far do you think the Penguins are going to go? And I said, well, I kind of hope they beat each other up and they don't go very far. But I could, you know, it's hard out of the East to pick a guy. I know. I don't think last week we picked our top four teams. Yeah, I picked Washington. Did you pick Washington? Washington would have been in there. Or did for you pick me, the yeah. Islanders? I can't remember who you picked. Washington would have been in there. Either way, whatever team comes out of the East it seems like they're going to be beat up just because of the nature of that division and, and the four teams that are in it. Uh, in the north, the Leafs are going to be playing the... Well, we don't know yet. I was going to say the Leafs are going to be playing the Habs, but it's not settled yet. Got to settle Habs, the
1: lowly north.
0: The Habs are one point behind the Jets, mm-hmm. and the Jets kind of hold their own destiny. If they win one game, they clinch third, and they'll play the Oilers. But yep. if they lose both their games and the Habs beat the Oilers, I think then the Habs leapfrog them and play the Oilers in the playoffs. So there's still a little bit of drama in the North. Um, And, you know, we look at the Edmonton Oilers, for example. They match up really well against the Jets. Not so much against the Habs. The numbers are such that uh, when they play the Habs this year, they struggle a little bit. And I don't know if that's uh, Philip Deneau and the defensive styles of a Mm -hmm. lot of those forwards. They shut down the the high-powered offense a little Mm -hmm. bit better of the Oilers. Uh, Or... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it Carey Price? Is it the defensive group? Who knows? But for whatever reason, the, the Canadians kind of match up well against the Oilers. Uh, not so much against the Leafs. The, I think the Leafs have a 7-2-1 record or 7-2-2 two, two or something against the Habs this year. So How are they 7-2-2?
1: Two, two? That's 11 games. 7-2-1. 7-2-1.
0: They've played 10 games against the Oh, Georgia. yeah, I guess
1: 10 games. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say 7-2-2. Two, and two, The North was different than the That's right, because they had seven teams. That's yeah, right. That's so right. I think that's the, right. Leafs,
0: the Leafs played two or three teams 10 times and the rest eight times or nine times. So, gotcha. Uh, that's how that worked out this year. But it is interesting how well the Leafs match up, at least as a with their regular season record, mm-hmm. against the Habs. The Jets are a little bit different because Connor Hellebuck seemed to turn into a god every single time the Leafs played the Jets. So that's why I'm still saying to this day, watch out for the Jets. Uh, If Nikolai Ehlers is healthy, I feel like they could sneak up on a couple teams. But we'll see. I don't think they're coming in at at 100%.
1: No, absolutely. And when you look at the Jets too, right? you never want to back into the playoffs, which they kind of seemingly are doing, right? I think they've what won two of their last eight or nine games. It's not been a pretty stretch for the Winnipeg Jets. And and again, with Two games left in the regular season. This is your time to figure it out. And again, going in a little shorthanded without a power forward—or sorry, not a power forward—a powerful, producing forward in Nikolai Ehlers. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Jets again. That's a guy that you're missing on your first unit power play. The oh. guy that you count on for offense and creativity yeah. and the speed that he brings. He's really so. a
0: spark plug. Like, he, he really, is. he really drives that offense. Mm-hmm. He's he's turned into a, a very good driver for that Absolutely. team. Absolutely. Uh, did you bring Jumanji here tonight?
1: I, I, thought I, I, I thought I thought I just I left heard it some, at home. I could have swore I, I just I heard
0: some tribal drums yeah, going seriously. on. Seriously, <laughs> I don't know if it's Allen or if it's Jordan, but I think we're playing <laughs> Jumanji after the show. So I'm pretty pumped. Uh, we actually just watched Jumanji. Just with keep the my snakes away from me. That's all I ask. Don't like snakes. No. I saw a snake on our on our walk the other day. You would have freaked out. Where'd you walk? I'm not going uh, there. by the lake. Which lake? Uh,
1: well, Wascana or whatever Alrighty, it's called. So am I it was by the Science Center. Yeah, I won't be going like 500 yards near that place okay, you're ever out. again. Uh,
0: that's good to know. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> the West, we'll talk about the Central last because I know you have some thoughts. I got some things to uh, say. The West, again, we kind of mentioned it, uh, very top heavy. Yes. Uh, and especially with those two teams, Vegas and Colorado. I've been saying for a while I think Colorado is going to come out of the West. I think they can win mm-hmm. all of it, the whole thing. The whole kit and uh, caboodle? Vegas is very strong, so I'm not going to put anything by Vegas. However, we kind of said that Minnesota with the record, Minnesota, I said that really, Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, with the record that they have, I feel like A, great. They've overachieved. <laughs> Unbelievable two. season. <laughs> two, they're overrated. And now here's the reason I say that. I think the West is extremely weak at the bottom. Yeah. And I think Minnesota has been able to eat the lunch of those teams, yeah. and their record has been inflated because of it. I mean, they still gotta win the games and they're yep. still they still have the record that they have, but I think when they come up against Colorado and Vegas in a playoff situation, they're hooped. Yeah. So and I think they're gonna be playing I think if I'm correct, I think Colorado in round one. I think Vegas has first. So here's where we're at right now. Do you so we're just
1: pulling the standings up, right? So this I think is I where Colorado has a chance to leapfrog Vegas, leapfrog no, oh, okay. Madison Mungarner. Madison Gumgarner. Yeah, Madison Gumgarner. Say that correctly. Yes, sir. Uh, Colorado has a chance to leapfrog leapfrog Vegas. Oh my goodness! Now you're struggling struggling here. Yeah, we got to get off the air. Exactly. But uh, two games left for the Avs. uh, One game left for Vegas. So I mean, at the end of the day, Vegas holds a two point advantage currently. But yeah, the the West, at least at the top of it, is still wide open. Minnesota's got third secured. That's just what's happening there. Well. 75 points, jeez. They could still jump ah, the Avs. They could still jump I don't the Avs. think they can get past the Golden Knights,
0: though. So it's going to be pretty much the, if the Avs can get up there. But I think the Wild are going to play. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much third, like you said. Now, yeah. the question with the West is the Blues. Are, can they rekindle the magic of 2018 when they won the Cup? 19. 2018? 2019. 19. Caps 2019?
1: 18. No, Lightning 2019. Caps 18. Lightning last year in 20.
0: 2020. Blues, 19. Blues. Okay. Play
1: Gloria. Regardless, can the Blues <laughs>
0: rekindle the magic of that year? Nope. Because they've kind of... Now, listen, hear me out. You didn't even, even... Nope. They've kind of been surging a little bit of late. They're 5-2-3 and three in the last 10, which I guess that's not overly uh, outstanding. But they have pushed their way into a playoff spot. Now, one interesting thing is that the Coyotes, who have the only chance of catching them, uh, can't catch them anymore. Yeah, because their done.
1: season's done. <laughs>
0: Now, remember. Good the, job researching before the show. Remember the scenario. I was no. I'm, this is what I'm telling you. This is my point. Okay. I'm That was. I was. I was adding to my point. Sorry, I'll uh, shut up. <laughs> remember what I was telling you about the Seattle Kraken situation with mm-hmm. St. Louis, mm-hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko, and I don't know where we're at with that oh, right yeah. now. Oh yeah. But if he's if they sit him for the rest of the season, they don't have to protect him in the Seattle draft. <sighs> I would be very not surprised if they do that. They sit Vladimir Tarasenko the rest of the way so that he doesn't have to become one of their slots that they use as a protection Jeez. in the seattle draft and that's just oh. a bunch of uh of tetris going on basically with it's a bunch of hooey is what it is essentially <laughs> uh but i mean that's a big deal uh for i just see that the game is over the jays and braves jays w jays win good stuff uh, sick. and the
1: blue jays win it and the blue jays win that was pretty good that was a good tom cheek wasn't it yeah Solid, tongue um, in So I
0: guess, yeah, the biggest thing is like everyone's asking for a dark horse. That's mm-hmm. what everyone's saying. Hey, who's your dark horse? Who's your dark horse? And I, I'm saying the Blues. I think if the Blues can get any of that magic at all, they still have most of the same mm-hmm. team. I know they've lost a couple of huge pieces, but huge, but huge, uh, but they've added a couple of different guys. They have a different team. But if they can rekindle any of that magic, I could see them beating a Vegas. I could. I'm not saying it's gonna. But it, it's, if you had to pick a dark horse. They're the team that I would say that's a, a true definition of a dark horse. There's not a whole lot of teams like that in the playoffs this year. There just really isn't. Yeah, not a lot. Um, so anyways, that's my dark horse. Let's go to the central now. We'll finish it off because I know Max has get out the Kleenex boxes. <laughs> Max has some thoughts on the Predators. They had a special game last night. Ooh, last it's night? a little misty in last here. Last night. Two last nights night. ago? night. Last night. Monday now, night. Now, le- first, before we get to that, let's look at the central situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like the Hurricanes are probably going to f- – well, they are going to finish first. So the yep. Canes are playing the Predators in the first round. The Panthers are playing the Lightning in the first round. That's set. Uh, so the Battle of Florida and the Battle of the Middle of Nowheres.
1: <laughs> <laughs> middle Tennessee <laughs> Tennessee,
0: North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Predators have an uphill battle with the Canes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am really looking forward to the Panthers Lightning. I think that series is actually going to be really good, Absolutely. and they kind of hate each other. Battle of Florida, uh, man. They've started to hate each other, and they, I saw a video of them with a the line brawl tonight, I think, or last night. Yep. So like they're heating up. Oh yeah. Uh, and I think they play each other one more time too before the playoffs start. So season's over. No, they got fifty five games. Fifty six. Or what standings are you looking at? Uh, maybe they didn't include tonight's <laughs> game. Is tonight's game the last game?
1: Possibly. I got 56 across the board for everyone in the Central. Let me
0: catch up. Where uh, We are crushing. Maybe they just didn't include hey, tonight's this game.
1: Hey, again, the research quota. This is not the show that you come to for the research. Hey. This is where you come to for the hot takes.
0: Yeah, the number I have in front of me says 55. It just didn't include tonight. It doesn't matter. Stop, <laughs> stop talking about it. Uh, so the Hurricanes play the Predators. Max, let's go into it now. The Predators are the only, I think they're the only team in the NHL who made the playoffs with a negative goal differential. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. No yeah, big deal. Not, yep. a, not a major awesome. point at all.
1: Uh, but actually, with that in mind, two again. Your standings are fantastic. Did they? What the heck <laughs> what is going on? What standings are you looking up? Are you the, on spot rack again? The Google one. Oh come on, man! You might be looking at twenty nineteen standings for all we know. No,
0: this is this is this oh, year for geez, sure. Ugh. But do we
1: have the one? Wah, 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 yeah, tough
0: look for producer so, Clark here. Speaking of goals, that'll be all.
1: Number two, keeping that'll of goals. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'll take you at your word. Number two, um, Dylan Fournier. Shout out for the Facebook stars. Thank you, thank Max. You. Uh, speaking of keeping goals out of the net, Yeah. Rene had a special game the other night. You wanted to wrap it up in a precise 2 minutes and 19 seconds. Give me your thoughts. 2 minutes, 19 seconds, and yeah. go. Clock.
1: Man, I've been a fan of this team since 2005. Pekka Rinne was drafted in the 8th round, which doesn't even exist anymore, 254th overall to the Nashville Predators out of Kampela, Finland. And... He was a big, tall, lanky kid that you just, again, an eighth round pick. You take a flyer on a guy and you're not sure if it's going to happen. But what he's managed to do in his 16-year career in Nashville, um, you felt all of it last night at Bridgestone Arena in what could possibly have been his final regular season start in front of Bridgestone Faithful. I believe it was a 33% capacity. Uh, Man a 5 nothing shutout victory, 30 saves. He certainly didn't walk to it. Uh, made some incredible vintage Pecorine-like saves in that contest and man, it was it was emotional being a fan as long as I've been and, and there's a lot of teams that aren't spoiled to have a goaltender be the linchpin of the franchise for as long as he's been and when I think of Pecorine, I think of just an incredible interview. You can just tell he's just an incredible salt-of-the-earth guy. The things that he does for the community in Nashville that you see and don't see uh, and he's starting a family now 38 with a new son and a fiance and honestly all the power to Pecorini, whatever his decision is about if he comes back next year, if that was his final start last night, you couldn't have scripted it any better other than possibly getting a full 100% wall to wall. Uh, packed house at Bridgestone Arena, but hey, 369 wins, 60 career shutouts. The guy is, he's just been phenomenal, and uh, he's provided so many memories for me, and as Chris Mason kind of wrapped it up last night, uh, it was a little emotional, and it was an incredible broadcast, and again, just a fitting, if it was an exit, for a franchise I, again I'm at a lack of words a franchise stud cornerstone he's a cornerstone yeah absolutely again the linchpin of the franchise for as long as he was and I really really hope to see him back for one more season but if that was it last night in his final start man he showed us he showed us he's capable of coming back next year but we'll see if it's in the cards so Pekka Renee thank you for everything you've done for me as a Predators fan uh, and I assure that I'm sure that echoes the sentiments of many Smashville faithful there you go hopefully that was 219 probably a little longer I think maybe I think. a little
0: longer but we can cut it.
1: Anyways, the Preds are going to beat the Canes, so it's quote, all good.
0: The quote of the <laughs> night was from Matt Duchesne. I believe it was Matt Duchesne. I saw it on Twitter after the game, mm-hmm. and he said, I don't know why he did it tonight. He's going to have to do it all over again next year in exactly. Game 82. <laughs> I really hope so. so. I really I'm, do. I'm also on board with you, Max. Uh, Pekka Rene has been one of the most steady, consistent performers in the entire league, for, especially for goaltending, but I'm going to say players in general Absolutely. Uh, for so many years. And uh, like you said, you kind of nailed it, but for a lot of years, uh, we talked about it earlier with how good Nashville's defensive group has been for so long. Mm-hmm. They didn't score a lot of goals. He was the reason that they had so many winning seasons Absolutely. and made the playoffs as much as they did. And they, you, know, you have to remember, they struggled for a few years at the beginning of his of career. Uh, they weren't uh, every year They were a small
1: team. market team. They, they still yeah. were. And again, an eighth round pick and having uh, to come out
0: and contribute like he's that. He's a major reason. It's Smashville. He's a huge mm-hmm. part of that. So. Huge shout-out to He will to be p- the Rinnick. first
1: number to be raised to the rafters in Nashville, and deservedly so. Right and beside David Legwand. I cannot wait. I will be tuned in, and I will probably be having that video saved on repeat to watch over and over again, much like Paul Korea's Hall of Fame hey. speech. Right beside,
0: be- right beside David Legwand and uh, Mike Jay Fisher. Webber
1: whoever, <laughs> well, if yeah. maybe I don't know, would he retire a Pred? I don't know.
0: Well, if he retires oh, a, a Hab, he still retires a Pred. If you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah,
1: no kidding. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a topic for another day. So yeah, let's talk about that in the off season.
3: Yeah. Uh, anyways,
0: we gotta sign off. I think we're close to the over under. I don't bad. know what it was. Not too but, bad. We skipped um, a
1: commercial break. but That's okay.
0: Tomorrow on the Rod <laughs> Peterson show is going to be a fun one. Uh, we have Arash Madani and Craig Button coming on the Rod Peterson show. Ooh. So shout out to that. Tune in tomorrow tomorrow morning, uh, 10 a.m. Mountain, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, but next week on the show, on this show specifically, mm-hmm. we're kind of juggling a little bit. We have a few options. We're trying to figure out which lane we want to go. Hey, everybody, Ken Reed. Ken Reed? Ken good, Reed. good guy, Ken on Reed. Reed. Um, we've <laughs> been talking to a couple of different guys for a couple of different sports coverages. So mm-hmm. we're not quite sure yet. But we'll figure it out and we'll tell you later on in the week. Uh do we want to tease what we're thinking of doing this weekend? Yeah, I'd say it's probably as good a time as any. Okay. So this weekend. Uh as you know, we usually I usually do a Friday check-in, which I haven't been doing as frequently lately. And I usually we usually have been doing a Saturday hockey show. Well, you do show. it on TikTok. You just uh, abandon
1: yeah. platforms. It's fine.
0: Yeah. So I've been doing <laughs> we've been doing our Saturday hockey show. Uh and with that. Uh, We've been kind of recapping or kind of previewing what's going on on a Saturday night, and then making our picks. But the season's over now, so we thought on Sunday, yeah, Sunday, we'll figure Uh, it out. uh, I'll see if I can work it around my tea time. Yeah, no, we're talking late, the after hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha.
1: Yeah, I won't have a tea time at that
0: time. I hope not. (laughs) Uh, We're gonna we're planning on doing what we're gonna be calling Squadcast After Dark. Uh, on Sunday night, I believe it's like Telestration's after dark, just less dirty. Right. Well, so maybe has dirty. We'll see. We'll see. But we're gonna do a big playoff preview this Sunday. I think at seven p.m. our regular show time on Tuesdays. We're gonna do it on Sunday nights, and we're gonna be talking about every single playoff matchup, uh, all the storylines, um, and all that brackets. stuff. And I think we're gonna turn it into maybe a playoff long run, perhaps, of Sunday after darks. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens with that as a series. Absolutely. Uh, But we're going to try it out at least once and we'll go from there. But Mm -hmm. this Sunday night, we're going to be doing Squadcast After Dark uh, and we will be going live on our Facebook page uh, and having some fun. Hopefully, maybe a guest comes in. Yeah, that'd be nice. We'll work
1: on that Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, yes, Robin, we will be doing Sunday series picks. Absolutely, we're going to yes. be uh, submitting our brackets. Um, I'm going to have the Leafs out in six games, so I'll be up sure. nice and early. And but we're going to uh, be going
0: yeah. one round at a time. I don't, I don't know if I want to go. The oh, come whole on! Thing. You want to go, go one round, cut round the at a time?
1: Playoff beard? You don't want to? Well, I don't on, know. Man. I think one round
0: at a time is interesting. Jim Carrey,
1: embrace the yes man. Okay.
0: Squadcast <laughs> after dark. Scad. I like that. That's a good acronym stuff yes uh next yeah so next week on the squad cast on tuesday stay tuned but this weekend sunday night we're going to be posting some promo for it so stay tuned for that for sure it's gonna be fun uh from the basement of the bunker we're signing off i'm producer clark mad max jordan and uh, alan in the back playing jumanji back there (laughs) uh on the drums there it is so it was them
1: it was them uh (laughs) no snakes right
0: our friend no no snakes rockstar supply chain solutions iks media uh RBI Baseball in Regina and Softball and Hoop Life Basketball, plus our friends at Vigor Lifestyle. Thank you so much for checking in tonight. No closing lyric tonight, Max. No,
1: you know uh, what? Hey, okay. Okay, Blue, Blue Jays, let's play Jays. ball. Let's okay, play squad ball. cast. Hey, you know what? Shout out to Ross Stripling. He's starting on Thursday. Thank you very yes. much to Ross for okay. his time. Okay, here's one thing we
0: wanted to do. Everybody watch uh, the Blue Jays game on mm-hmm. Thursday. And if Ross Stripling has a good game, everybody go tweet him that he got the squad cast bump.
1: I tell you what, if he gets the squad cast bump, let's put put something on this. If Ross Stripling goes six innings, if he gets a quality start, and let's just put it at that. If he goes six innings, we're going to give away a couple of t-shirts. Whoa. How's that sound? Yes. We'll do that. We'll put out some kind of post where you guys can enter to uh, yep. be in. But, hey, we'll uh, we'll have some fun with it. Our, uh, our new friend, Ross Stripling, really hoping he gets back on the bump and returns uh, back to form as we know he's capable of doing. Six innings. And the win, or just six innings quality start? Yeah, let's say he's going to get six innings and a win. Maybe we'll give a t-shirt away
0: anyways because we're feeling generous. We'll see. We'll play around with the idea. But Ross Stripling Thursday night starts the Blue Jays. We're super pumped against the Braves. Now, uh, we will see you this weekend for Squadcast Thanks, After sure. Dark and next Tuesday right here on the Squadcast. Bye for now. Take care, everybody.